Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. And wow, folks, what a show we have tonight. And here on the podcast, we're going to have uh, some great guests on, including Michael Emmons and Jim Conda Jr. We will be discussing Hillary Clinton's record on immigration and job outsourcing. And we'll hear that uh, with Michael Evans. And I tell you what, I just uh, was reading some uh, an article uh, that definitely on Breitbart.com, very compelling. And uh, that will be posted on the Bard's Logic Political Talk page on Facebook, as well as you can find articles on our website at www.bard.com. BardsLogicPoliticalTalk.com. I got a message here from our panelist Susan, who just sent me a uh, link in uh, YouTube. So perhaps we'll play that later, as well as a, an audio from the show Hannity, Hannity Show uh, with Tim and Newt Gingrich discussing, of course, with the emails. And we'll be talking more about that investigation. So wow, what uh, developments that there's been. Since uh, last just last week, just last week's show when you know we were really up against it and thinking, gosh, you know this is they're really going to steal the election from Trump. But perhaps the people will wake up uh, knowing one all this information coming out about Hillary Clinton and her emails and other uh, chicanery she's been up to, fraud, illegalities that she's been up to, as well as uh, you know the emails as well as her record. I mean, as we're going to be talking about. Uh, tonight uh, with this uh, immigration, uh, you know, and the workers, and we're definitely going to have that in. And so we also will be playing that, but we do have our one of our first guests on, and that is Michael. So let's uh, welcome him into the show. Thank you very much, uh, Michael, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm very good. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming on. You know, I was reading through the articles. I'll tell you what, one of them was, was very touching. I'll be posting them. You know, on the uh, Bard's Logic Political Talk uh, Facebook page where people can access those, as well as you can also find some of the articles uh, on the Get Involved and the Bard's Logic Newsroom uh, to check out those articles as well. But I'd say what, very compelling, and just the way, you know, it's like it was breaking these people's hearts, including yourself. I mean, I, I was reading people were literally going home sick because, you know, not only now they're hearing all these foreign voices, you know, in, in their workspace, you know, they're also have to train 
you know, the people who are going to replace them. So the way I like to begin is for you to tell your story, uh, you know, what happened back, I believe it was, you know, 2006, correct me if I'm wrong, and then kind of, you know, move us through the process. I do see you on the line, too, then we will get you on. I see you uh, push the one on the number dial, and I do see others on the line. And so when you are ready to get in, uh, push that one on the number dial, we'll get you into the show. You can join our roundtable discussion. And so let's go ahead, Michael, and, you know, kind of tell us how this began, how you found out that you were going that you know you and many others were going to be replaced and not even just replaced worse in my opinion and I could tell a little personal story later it has nothing to do with like this but I have to train people who replace me all right but uh you actually had to train them go ahead yeah i um back in it was actually 2002 um i can't believe it's been 14 years but in 2002 uh they took the American employees into a room and told them they would be laid off. But first you you have to train your replacement and they held out a severance for the employees. If they trained their replacements then they would get their severance. Um, I was actually a contractor, so they didn't offer me any kind of severance. Um, About three to four weeks later, in comes about 25 Tata India uh, employees and we were told to train them. As a contractor, they just assumed I would go along with it. I paid attention to it, learned a little bit, and uh, started uh, getting a little upset and can't believe that, that this is going on. I learned about these visas. Um, a couple people helped me, a guy that ran a website called nomorh1b.com, and uh, some others. So they told me to look around for things. So I started to surf around on some of the servers, and I found Tata's uh, shared site where they kept all their documents. So I started looking through those documents and found out that all of our replacement workers were actually on L1B visas, which is a little more insidious than the uh, H1B. But, and, and um, I passed that to... information on. Yes. Michael, and, and I don't mean to interrupt, yeah. and I normally don't like guests, but a lot That's of the fine. folks, or maybe not a lot, but I'm, I'm sure some of the folks uh, do not know, and you probably know more intricacies than maybe even myself, uh, about the you know L1 and the H H1Bs, can you ex- explain a little more for the people who don't really know what those are? Uh, what those you know? Can you describe those for us? Yeah. So the H1B visa is the one that everybody knows about. It's um, supposedly for the high tech workers or or any knowledge job that where they supposedly can't find an American to do the job. But that's not really what it's for. It, it's to drive the wages of Americans down. The L-1B visa is called an intra-company transfer. So a company um, in India can transfer their employees from Tata India to Tata America, and then they sell those people as con- contractors or what to other American companies. There are no quantity limits on L-1Bs and no salary restraints. The H-1B visa is a little bit different. There's a quantity limit, and they're supposedly supposed to pay a prevailing wage. But normally what happens is they pay the minimum wage they can possibly do. They hold a green card out to the foreign worker and say, look, you're going to work here. You're not going to say anything. You're going to work long hours, and we're going to keep paying you. And they're happy to do that because they'd rather be in America than India. So that's the two different visas. Um, uh, but what, what I learned, I, I really was the 
the whistleblower on the L1B visa. No one knew what an L1B visa was uh, when we went live, and, and we contacted our congressmen and senators locally and got nothing out of them. Uh, my U.S. rep said he would help, but then he went back and was cashing checks from Siemens uh, six weeks after we contacted him. So, I mean, so what do you think he, he wants? He wants jobs for his constituents, or, or does he mm-hmm. want the money from his corporations? They're all crooked. But anyway, to move on to get to the point of why I got in the news again after 14 years. Um, so I started contacting senators and representatives, and naive as I was, thinking they really care. And I contacted them all over the country. I mean, you name it. I probably sent an email or a letter, sent a CD. Um, We were actually in the local news here. They were nominated for an Emmy for the story we told right here in my house. Um, I sent the CD to senators and representatives. (coughs) Actually, the AFL-CIO made a copy of the CD and sent it to every single House representative. Obviously, they still don't care. But one of the reasons why I – so then I heard that, that Hillary was going to go to Tata's grand opening of their Buffalo office. So I'm trying to say, you know, you need to realize what these people are really about. So I contacted Hillary's office. I was in voice communication with a lady named Erin Ashwell in her office. Multiple times I sent CDs and all this documentation. I took the, 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 the documents that Tata employees created – it was called KT transfer documents, knowledge transfer documents is what it was, KT, knowledge transfer. I sent copies of those to Hillary's office to say, you know, this is what we're having to do. She didn't care one iota. She went to Buffalo, the grand opening of Tata Buffalo, and celebrated that. She got written up in the, in the Buffalo paper, uh, kind of ridiculed about it. Um, supposedly, they hired 10 Americans. I can probably name you 10,000 Americans that got displaced by Tata India. Um, SoCal well, she's Edison, the senator I believe, from had, Punjab, right? <laughs> yes, she's the senator from Punjab. She claimed at one Punjab, time yeah. in India, she went there and said, said I, I'm glad to be the senator from Punjab as well as from New York. This woman is as bad as they get for American workers. Our kids... She tells them to go to school. She wants them to get free education. Why? She, there's no jobs that she's going to give out that are going to be available for Americans. It's, it's just uh, – I hate to use the word deplorable. It's definitely part of their global agenda. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, anyway, with, with that, all that that happened, and, and I finally got somebody to write this little story that I had in my head for years – I said, I can get this into the news. Um, I saved a picture from the Buffalo newspaper that had a picture of her with uh, the um, Tata CEO, and I gave that to Breitbart, and they did a fantastic article. An hour later – Yeah, that's uh, the article I'll talk about, one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. An hour after it came out, Fox News in New York called me and said, we want you on the radio. I mean on on TV, excuse me. Um, So I, I was actually on Fox and got to talk about it. Um, I hope people have paid attention. I know there was about 250,000 views off the, the Fox Facebook link. So um, I'm just trying to wake people up to say, you know, this is, this is what you're voting for. 
Yeah, I mean, I've, and I've said this many times in the, sh- yeah. in the show, and I, I wish some of my my friends. I got a couple of them who are actually it, it's a they're a minority, frankly. But I've got a couple friends who are indeed, and, and they're intelligent people who are planning on voting for Hillary Clinton. They actually think she's she's yeah, good for America. <laughs> well, they're they're naive. Um, I actually, you're from Ohio, correct? Yes. Well, I'm I'm in Florida, and uh, I follow the news uh, very closely on this issue. Um, McDonald's, based out of Columbus, Ohio, replaced 70 of their accounting workers. Not just IT workers, accounting. I said Mm -hmm. um, on ABC National News, if you work at a desk, beware. Your job can go overseas. And that was about 12 years ago, and it's getting worse. McDonald's well, I mean, you can't you can't pick up a customer workers. service, and it, it's hard to get a hold of anyone in customer service and not have someone with a foreign choice with the name of Joe answering. Yeah. Now, I will say this: this what I'm talking about is different than what you're talking about. I'm talking about importing the people into this country True. on congressionally yeah, approved over their visas. The, our Congress gave them, and presidents, with an S, presidents, gave them these tools to move these jobs abroad. In our case, mm-hmm. what we did was so complex, there's no way you can move the job abroad without one key element, and that is knowledge transfer. Without the visas coming into this country and making us train them. Now, I know many people say, why would you train them? I would elect. Well, when you're in my shoes, you don't just leave. I was raised again. Yeah, who's had been through been 28 surgeries. There's no way I'm going to leave a contract job that's paying me, that's helping me pay for my health insurance. Now, I looked hard and fast for a job, but I stayed there until I found another one, and I left mid-training. So a lot of people say, yeah, I wouldn't train them. I'd just leave. Well, you know, if you're single, you have no responsibilities, you have no house, no mortgage, that's a lot easier to do. Mm-hmm. But most Americans have responsibilities. They can't just walk away. Um, one thing I'd like to add, um, when, when, I, when I trash um, Hillary for this issue alone, granted, she's got enough of them to fill up <laughs> right. I don't know, the, the Pentagon, you know. Um, on the other side of the coin, there is Donald Trump, and he's got his share of issues that, to me, aren't about policies. But the one thing he does have in this issue, he has the champion on this issue on his side. The first senator to back him was Senator Sessions from Alabama. Senator Sessions mm-hmm. is the number one man on this issue, and he wants to put a stop to the fraud. And that's what I want to stop is the fraud of these visas. If you really think that you need someone because you can't find an American, prove it and hire them. But don't bring them in here and make Americans train them so you can lay off your Americans and just get cheap labor. Mm-hmm. So I believe yeah, I remember with Senator in... Sessions – yeah, with Senator so Sessions say, I, on, I on say... Trump's side, he's going to do what's best in terms of the fraud. He'll have a fight on his hands when it comes to stopping H-1Bs because Congress wants that corporate money, and they'll do anything for it, both parties. 
Oh, and yeah, well, and then all these folks who, and, and this even brings it to today with, and John will get you on the line as well. And, and that brings it to today when we're, you know, we're talking about, you know, it, it may not be quite pay for play, uh, but also, you know, from my understanding, these companies, you know, they were actually contributing to the Clinton Foundation as well as, the, you know, the Clinton Foundation as well as uh, giving, you know, money for speeches from Hillary and, and Bill Clinton. Well, that's a very well said thing because the the Disney workers who were written up in the New York Times, they had to train their foreign replacements. The company they replaced was replaced them was HCL India. Well, Bill Clinton gave a speech in Orlando in which HCL gave him two hundred and sixty thousand dollars. So that's about a thousand dollars per American worker that Bill Clinton got while the Americans were sent to the Unemployment line. I, I just can't grasp how anyone can vote for this this family, this Clinton Foundation. They're just uh, sick. I think they're, they're as you said, they're not they're not even they're ignorant, and I don't mean ignorant as that they're stupid people. I think they just don't know, or they do, or they don't want to know. Uh, that's what I think, and I think that you know they looked at the surface of what the media covered with Trump, and you know. But this is—I mean, I've always—I've I've seen this quote. I, I can't remember who it, who said it, and I, so I wish I could give him credit for it, but I, unfortunately, I can't remember who it was. But I've been saying this for weeks because I'm more concerned about what Hillary Clinton has done uh, compared to what—I mean, I'm sorry, I'm more concerned about yeah, you know, what she's done compared to what you know Donald Trump has said. But what we're going to do at this point is, uh, of course, you know, once we, one of the things that's different here maybe is we're going to keep your line open, and then we're going to bring in Susan, and then I'm going to bring in John. i got a little call screening uh, to do. But let's go ahead and bring in Susan. Thank you very much, uh, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm fine. How are you? Good, good. I tell you what, a lot, lot to cover tonight, lots of material. It makes me, uh, you know, think about wanting to do a fourth or fifth hour. Unfortunately, we won't be able to do that tonight. Uh, but I'm looking at some avenues. But anyway, let's go ahead and uh, do you have any comments or questions uh, for our guest tonight? Um, not at the moment. I just wondered if you saw the thingamajigger I sent you, um, the link um, to uh, about Hillary breaking NYPD blows. Uh, and it's about uh, the Sex scandal. Well, um, I'll have to see. Pardon? Well, I'll have to scroll. Oh, there it is. Oh, the YouTube? No, I've not had a chance to uh, to look at that. Yeah, it's pretty sick. She went to that island right along with Bill. I don't know how. I really, honest to God, do not know how anybody like that has time to even govern anything. They're too busy going to islands and having sex with kids and Abusing kids and yeah, well, I've seen I've seen some Twitters. I, I haven't seen that, but I have seen some. I ha- I have seen some Twitter, you know, things passing through. Uh, I, was, I was Twittering at work, which you know I can do that between call the guests. Uh, but you know, I've seen something about that, something about Lolita Island or something like that. I haven't had the opportunity uh, to look further into that. You know, perhaps perhaps we could you know talk more on that. Uh, but you know, specifically while we've got uh, Michael on. Uh, on happy anniversary, by the way, Michael. How, how did it go tonight? Oh, it's my wife's birthday, yes. Yeah, it went very well. Oh, it was her birthday. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought it was She's your anniversary. Going. I yeah. apologize. I apologize. Yeah. 
And, and speak. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> it was to it went well. I hope. Pardon. I just said it went it went well. She had a good birthday. I guess I had a good time for Eddie come on to the show. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. No, she's already. Okay, in bed. What, what, she gets up at four. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Now, now, Susan. Okay, well, of course, you, as you know, Susan, I'll be keeping your line open uh, so we can, you know, go through our roundtable discussion. Uh, and if you do have any questions or comments, uh, or maybe even some experiences uh, that you could share with us, you know, on this topic, uh, then go ahead. So let's go ahead and bring in John. John, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing fine. Thank you so very much. Um, is the gentleman related or? have an, his own organization or is he just a person that this incident happened to that's speaking on his own experience? Um, I, no experience, that. but go ahead, um, you can answer. Yeah, go ahead, Michael. Yeah, I don't really have an organization. Um, I've been just a single person that's decided to stand up and do what I think is right. Um, at the time when this happened, I said, you know, I can turn my back and go get another job and forget about it, or I can speak out and tell the truth. And I have to give some credit to, to a couple people that, that told me, you know, you need to take this smoking gun to the press. And that's what I did. Um, and at the time, no one knew about a lot of this stuff. Um, so we were like the, the whistleblowers from the beginning that were raising awareness, um, I've actually had someone tell me that I single-handedly sent the number of H-1B visas from 205,000 down to 65 just because we spoke out and put a face to it. A lot of people speak out, but they, they're anonymous. They're afraid yeah. to be blackballed from the industry. Yeah. The reason I was curious is that I'm sure there's got to be you know, hundreds if not thousands or hundreds of thousands of other people in a very similar situation – and I was wondering if there was any collective uh, organization to help solidify, because just in your own example, you contacting all the congressmen and senators the way you did, it really went nowhere. And I've had similar circumstances on issues that I felt was important where I knew there was other people. For example, them giving away the Internet, you know, the ICANN and NTIA contract to the U.N., um, I think there was millions of people that called in to tell them don't do that, and they went ahead and did it anyway. And so I was curious, in your example, um, do you happen to know the company that you were working for? Were they bought by a foreign entity, and then our government was just giving them these KT-type visas as an opportunity for them to administrate and manage their own company as they see fit? Well, that's a good question. Um, and the company that I worked at, I was not an employee. I was a contractor. But I still don't think any American should have to train their foreign replacements. The company I worked at was Siemens ICN, Information and Communication Networks. They were in Lake Mary, Florida, and they merged with the uh, Siemens phone switches in San Jose. That is a German company. But when you're working in America on American soil, there are rules you got to follow in America. You're, you're not supposed to, you know, play by German laws. Um, they actually bought an American company called Stromberg Carlson. So they bought Stromberg Carlson, and then 
years later, they ended up doing this. And I think they're out of business right now. I think they, they went under. I know their big phone switch group went under. Um, so I don't think there was any cahoots with the government to do that other than the entire – all the corporations are in cahoots with Congress to get cheap labor. Yeah, well, I, I think they're but, all in cahoots in the sense that they – the big businesses around the world that are multinational, you know, transnational companies, they want this one-world corporate governance, so they have sovereignty over governing for all labor around the whole world. And so, therefore, they're circumventing, you know, we, the people of the United States, intellectual property called self-determined governance in order to manipulate yeah. into a corporate global governing entity and our congressmen and senators and the staffers and all of the different bureaucracies that these visas pass through, they are actually turning a blind eye to it and just going along for whatever reason, and they're actually building their own uh, legislative or governing grave, so to speak. It's sad. Yeah. Um, you, you asked me another question regarding um, organizations. Uh, there's been organizations come and go, but it's usually uh, unemployed people that can't keep it going. The one organization that has really fought strong is uh, Sarah Blackwell from Protect U.S. Workers. You can find her at uh, protectusworkers.org online, or you can go to Facebook and join her uh, her Facebook page, she actually helps um, people that have gone through this, and she's filed lawsuits at Disney, of which she lost, and I knew they were going to lose because they're fighting the law, and the law is written to do what they did. It's not like they broke the law. The law was written so these corporations can put Americans out of work. Um, so she, and she also is, is asking for resumes from people if she can help people find work. I don't know if Companies are coming to her that are pro-American, that want to hire Americans, and she's, you know, some of them have come to her and said, hey, give me some resumes. I don't know if it's, I don't know, but she's asked for resumes. So if anybody's interested, you can look her up on Facebook. It's protectusworkers.org. Doesn't it sound like that that's actually you look, you our can, real, real quick, John, real, real quick, John. Uh, so you can look her up specifically, or you, or is there her organization you can look up on Facebook? Well, her name is Sarah Blackwell, or you can look up Protect U.S. Workers. She's under both. Um, I've met her okay, thank you. when I met the uh, – I've met her when I met one of the Disney people who – people don't realize how how bad this is. One of the Disney people that, that got uh, replaced after he trained his foreign replacement, he lives about four miles from me. It is all across the country. M my uh, house testimony in 2004 listed about 20 or 30 companies that I had known of that replaced 500 people at a time. This is in 2004, and it's only gotten worse. Real quick, because folks might be looking her up, so I'd like to find her on Facebook, maybe friend her there. Does she spell her name with an H or just an A, or how does she spell her, 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 her Sarah? S-A-R-A Blackwell. S-A-R-A organization again? Protect U.S. Workers. Protect. Her website is protectusworkers.org. 
Okay. Thank you. Yeah, my you pleasure. Would, you would think, Michael, that under Article 4, Section 4 of the United States Constitution, where it talks about how the United States federal government, uh, you know, Republican form of government, and they shall protect each of our states against invasion and and even against domestic violence. It sounds like they're actually treasonous in insurrection, you know, committing domestic violence and invasion against us because we the people are the underlying principles of our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution, and they've totally excluded us from governing, and they've acted solely and independent as if they were King George and that we are just their property and they get to transact business as if we're their legislative slaves. Well said. I I call this country now the United Corporations of America. And that's what it is. They work for the corporations. That's all that matters. Yeah, we'll find we'll find her. Uh, you know, find her you know, there on Facebook and get her a website uh, as well. And we also, and of course, as you know, John, we'll, we'll be keeping you on the line. We'll bring her back around on our roundtable discussion. Uh, I do see a couple others on the line. Just push the one on your number dial. And we will get you into the show uh, while we wait for uh, go over this, and we're also waiting for our other guests uh, for this evening. But I do see uh, we are close to the bottom of the hour, and I don't want to uh, neglect this uh, kind of programming note uh, that sometimes when things get going, uh, I end up accidentally doing. But let's go ahead at this point uh, is when we like to hear uh, from our friends at the Patriot Journals Network. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at Patriot.com journalist.com let pjnet add our muscle to your hustle and if folks check out the patriot journalist network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com and if you are a twitter user i'm sure you've seen the hashtag especially if you follow the uh, conservative hashtag there on twitter which is hashtag pjnet uh, and so at this time uh as i said we're going to keep the lines open uh, so we will bring people back with uh, in our roundtable discussion. But at this point, let's go ahead and bring our friend in, uh, Dr. Tolbert. Thank you very much, Dr. Tolbert, for calling to the show. How are you tonight? Good. Thank you very much for allowing me to speak. How are you doing, Mike? I'm very good. Yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, Virgil is the guy that you had uh, had issues with his Internet and his website, and he got it back up and running? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, he sent me an email, and he's now part of our Facebook, and uh, he's doing a great job, and so are you. And we had this discussion the other day, and we brought the fact that that John was alluding to how the U.N. and the international marketplace, and I had discussed this with you before, how the visa program and what's happening is really – part of the Illuminati's uh, and the takeover. And this is why Congress and the, uh, the president of the United States 
are not uh, enforcing the Constitution. They're actually uh, going around it in order to bring in the lower workers and putting out the American workers, forcing us into a uh, welfare and socialism program. And although this has only been a 10, 12-year or 14-year program with you, this has been ongoing for multiple years, and it has a lot to do with the gradual takeover of the international market of the United States. Do you kind of come to that conclusion after the discussion we had uh, last week? Well, yeah, I I believe you're right on. Um, uh, I mean, like I said, I I woke up to this when it happened to us, but I actually learned in 1995 AIG insurance in Connecticut replaced 250 Americans with H-1Bs. That was about a year or a year and a half after the H-1B was introduced. But we all know that the whole manufacturing industry has been pushed abroad for years, going back to the 70s. Um, yeah, it, it's – I don't know what to do. Yeah, and and I think, you know, what we're doing, of course, everybody knows that I'm a uh, candidate for United States Senate Florida as a write-in candidate. And our current senators, all 100 U.S. senators, are not doing a thing about it under the Democrat and Republican Party. And that becomes a real problem. And everybody is taking the option that if you don't vote a candidate in that's a Republican or a Democrat for a senator, you won't get the support that Trump would need as a president, where, in fact, Trump is going to be better off with independent uh, and no party-affiliated candidates than what he's going to be if he has a majority of Republican candidate, uh, people being in the Senate because the Senate has not done anything to stop this problem that you're talking about tonight and, of course, what Virgil is working on and what other people is working on, that the United States Senate has full power to stop and take advantage. And when we put out letters and talk to people you know, they're ignored uh, because they're Republicans and Democrats. What is your take about notifying the U.S. senators about their failure and their treasonable act on this subject? Well, I think it's all good and well. Um, I mean, I'm just one individual. When I contacted my senators, they wouldn't reply. They didn't care about me at all. Um, I guess from an organization standpoint, you might be able to get something accomplished. Yeah, and I think that's the key as you're putting out your articles, and now we're putting it on our website, which you and Virgil are doing. And Virgil is now, you know, uh, becoming very supportive of what I'm doing. In fact, I'm I'm very impressed of his backing with me right now. Uh, he's made several con- comments because what we do with the articles on Sharia law and Islam and what we're doing on uh, Bring Jobs Home and Made in America and how we can stop all this. And that, you know, we were on the show Monday with Sally and we got into the subject that our young children today can't even have on-the-job training because of the 50 million illegal immigrants that are taking over our economy and taking over things that we learned, you know, cutting grass, shoveling snow, working around doing um, uh, stock boy and everything else, uh, these people who have no authority to work at all are subliminally 
working in areas that's stopping our young people. So now we have a higher rate of incarceration. We have a higher rate of uh, dropout in school uh, based on the fact there's nothing constructive for these uh, young people to do. Do you think that the program and what they're doing on immigration plus illegal immigrants is causing a greater decrease in our youth uh, being able to get jobs? Well, sure, especially minorities. I mean, they don't get into IT at all. Um, the construction industry, I watched it in the mid-2000s. For any American, it went to pot. There are no Americans mm-hmm. uh, working in construction in the Orlando area, I mean, very few. They were well, all really hard too, and and I blame uh, I blame George Bush on that one. He had the floodgates open for illegals all through the early two thousands. I mean, and and then Obama's been you know just as bad. Yeah, and and here you're looking at two different political parties doing exactly the same thing. And when we wrote the letter to Washington D.C. about the antitrust violations and. It was then recognized, and they put it in their files, and, of course, we're going to investigate it, but they're not because all government agencies are appointed or selected, and no matter um, who gets elected, it's election by Sawyer, who now owns the voting machines in Florida and several other states, and Romney owns voting machines in nine different states. So when we wrote articles about – Say again? I said Soros in 16. I didn't George understand. Soros and, uh, George, George Soros owns uh, voting machines in 16 states. Well, that's right, and, 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 and um, Romney in eight states. And the big one, though, is the state of Florida, and he's the money behind Rubio and the uh, immigration program, and he's the one – that's bringing in the workers into Orlando, and he is the one that's putting up. It's costing uh, the government $4,000 per month for every illegal immigrant, and everybody's telling you it's 12 to $20 million, but it's actually pushing $50 million now. So, you know, the political corruption that's going on and a person that can have the power to own these Machines is just totally asinine that we are allowing this, and our general public thinks that they're going to vote for somebody. Like I get 31,000 people on a Republican thing the other day was telling everybody, well, don't vote for Dr. Tober because he's a write-in. Vote for Rubio even though he's not the better choice uh, because we need a Republican in, in office. And here these people, Murphy and Rubio and the other candidates throughout the United States have no policies. They write no articles. They have no background. Uh, they're they're not there to defend the United States. And, you know, we get into the conversation about Rubio being a anchor baby born in 71. And, uh, and we've mentioned this before. His parents didn't get naturalized until 75. And we send this to the press. We send it to Murphy, the Democrat, candidate and we post it on everybody but not one person will pick this article up and make mention of it and you you got people running for office that can't even run by the constitution and these are the people that are causing mike his problem 
and the other millions of Americans that cannot get employed. And yet everybody thinks it's okay. Now, we do support, and we did write resumes to Trump, even though we got the Constitution Party on the ballot in Florida because they couldn't come up with their electors, and we wanted Florida to have another choice beside the Democrat, Republicans, and Libertarians and Green Party. They are in the ballot in 40 states. But the point is that anyone that, and I know you feel this way, Robert, that doesn't go along with Trump on this is going to help destroy America. I mean, they have got to get out there, and Trump has got to realize that the Congress is the problem. And he has got to turn his... No, I, I, I think he knows that. Make, uh, certainly, I think he knows that. I mean, I, he's even said it, that, you know, it's the problem the people are sick of it. Right. And and until that happens, though, everything Mike does or I do or John does or you or anyone else, it's going to be a continuous spiral uh, downwards until we as Americans can just group it together. And it may be one person here or one person there. And that's why it's so important that we get Mike on as many shows as we can because he gives true life experiences where, you know, I, my son worked for Seaman, my son works for Verizon now. And I was talking to him the other day, and he said that he was part of that group that had to train also the people from Siemens and then got part of the, another company that, that broke into, into that. Fortunately with him, um, he did go upwards with, with Verizon. But there is a lot of people that are not able to survive these changes, and I think Mike can explain that in more detail. Absolutely. I mean, some of this is is they want to get rid of older people. They don't want older people. They want young people. They want people they can can control. And specifically with these visas, um, when a, the, the visa is not owned by the the person, it's owned by the corporation. The corporation has control over that person. That person can't look for work elsewhere. He can't go across the street and go work for AT&T when he's working at, at, at Verizon, he can only work for the company that's granted him that visa. That is an absolute negative towards an American worker. Why hire an American who could, could work there for six months and go work across the street and make $10,000 more when you can own an H-1B who can't go work elsewhere? And, and you remember and the – then they hold – yeah, And, you remember the, the and they hold a green card out in front of them. Right, and that, that's called modern slavery, Mike. That's what Sally had made mention, and, and I'm now talking to people, and I'm not even using the word modern-day slavery, but I am hearing it every day now that when we get into this conversation with the visas that we have now uh, started a new way of slavery. We'll pay you $3 to come, and if you don't follow our rules, we'll send you back to your country where you don't have any food or nothing. And we're going to fire that guy at 40 or $50 an hour. And that's all this is. It's just a different form of slavery. Now, I'm not saying every company does that. Some companies do them, and they treat their people well. But, but this is the way it works. I've heard of things up in Boston uh, with Fidelity. I mean, they put eight people into an apartment. I know our replacements, they were only making a salary of $1,000 a month in a high-tech STEM field. Now, they got $2,000 as non-taxable expenses. 
So, I mean, that's really a massive negative towards hiring an American and paying him fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000, which you got to pay tax on on that. It's really a crooked system against Americans. And I'm, I know we can't win at all, but I'd like to at least see the fraud be taken out of it. And I'm hoping that Donald Trump and Senator Sessions will do that. You know, it's kind of and, like and, 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 well, real, real quick, we got to bring it. Uh, we're going to bring it to another caller, uh, Doctor Tolbert. Uh, but uh, you know, as we do our roundtable discussion, we will, of course, be bringing it back to you. And uh, right now, we have uh, on the line. We're going to be bringing her in. Uh, she is a blogger and the show host of American Freedom Watch. And one of her focuses uh, is on Agenda 21. Uh, she also has uh, a website you can see at KarenShone.com. And that's Karen and S-C-H-O-E-N.com. That is her website. And so let's go ahead and welcome her into the show. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Karen, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I am wonderful, and thank you so much for having me on and for doing what you're doing because that's the only way we're going to educate anybody. Um, we have to do it ourselves, as we have seen, especially now. And now we know... So now the ball is really in our court, which is a good thing. And people are beginning to realize that the power of the vote is really the power. And you can spend millions and gazillions of dollars, but you still might only have one vote. So it's us guys that have the decision to make. And I've been, you know, listening to the show. Great, great insight. Wonderful absolutely 100% right on target. But it's a lot deeper than that. <clears throat> you have to really go into who these people are and what motivates them and what is their ulterior motive and what do they really want. And Hillary Clinton is the perfect example of exactly what they want. They want everything. <laughs> and they will stop at nothing in order to get it. And what we have to do, of course, is get a clear understanding of what this is all about. And once we grasp that, it makes it easier to deal with it. So we have to understand that everything is connected. Nothing happens at random. Everything happens for a reason. Everything has a plan, and everything is a lie. And if you understand that, then what Hillary is doing falls into place, and then you can look at what is she connected to? Because you're talking about the visa. This is very important. Why is this important? What's the ulterior motive? The ulterior motive is to have a borderless, world. So state, country sovereignty is disappears, elected officials disappear, and if you have no borders, as Donald Trump says, and we all say, if you have no borders, you have no country. If you have no country, you have no need to have a White House and an election, <clears throat> because you will have a bureaucratic agency called the United Nations running the show. And 
when we look at <clears throat> the Clinton connections, and then you look and go, okay, John Podesta. Does everybody know who John Podesta is? Mm-hmm. Well, he's not only Hillary Clinton's campaign advisor, but he was mm-hmm. Bill Clinton's campaign advisor. And when he was not their campaign advisor, he was on the Clinton Foundation. And he was also running marketing companies. But in addition to all of that, he helped Clinton write all of his executive orders. He also was hired to help write all of Obama's executive orders. Okay, hold on, hold on. If somebody got some background uh, talking, I, I do have everybody's mics live. I don't know who that's coming from, uh, but if, if that's coming from yours, you can mute your mic or your phone uh, so we're not getting any background noise. I appreciate it. Go ahead, Karen. Okay, so, okay, we have to broaden our scope. What they're feeding us now is the Clinton Foundation, and it's tentacles into the State Department, but we have to be smart and look outside and say, okay, how did all of this happen and who was really involved? And we will find that everybody in every agency is involved, and they all do the exact same thing. They have to go in, write the regulations of which John Podesta, and this is the whole environmental movement. This is a shifting of wealth through what they call the green economy, and it was promoted through sustainability. So they want, they have been teaching our kids for years, generations, about sustainability and how they should do more and expect less. Look at all these tiny house things. We never looked like that. What was the goal of the American? To move out of the house as quickly as possible, to be on your own, to do for myself. Now you're a child until age 26. What have we done to the American psyche? And it's not, it's all of this, what I'm telling you is all coming out of the schools. That's the root of all evil. And I sincerely hope we are at a crossroad right now. We can choose to be Americans or we can choose to be globalists. And by globalists, we will have the open borders. We will be another brick in the wall, another cognitive. We will be nothing special. Yeah, and that's what Um, I said. uh, You know, at its its most basic, uh, is this election comes down to one of two things. Uh, Either one, globalism, or move more towards globalism embodied by Hillary Clinton or nationalism uh, embodied by Donald Trump. I think uh, if if you break down this uh, election and and the meaning behind it, I think uh, at its most basic, there it is. 
That's it. You are 100% correct. That is it. Personalities don't matter. Ethics matter. Actions matter. What have they done matters. But personalities of, of you know, none of whatever. That doesn't matter. And you mentioned voting. Much, but it's there. It's there. It forms. However, if we, as Christians, coming from a Judeo-Christian society, we allow and we forgive and we say, okay, you're allowed to change and we will accept the change. And yeah, well, you change from something ugly. How many people change from something ugly? They may have been an alcoholic. They may have been a drug addict. They may have been a whatever. And we forgive them and we say, move on. Anyway, we're not hiring a Boy Scout. (laughs) What we are hiring is a leader which we haven't had in a very, very, very long time. As a matter of fact, I don't think we've had a leader since Kennedy. Well, Ronald Reagan is. Yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't go quite that that far. (laughs) But I I wouldn't go quite that far. Yeah, I would say say, uh, by Ronald Reagan. Yeah, all right, we'll go go back that far. But he did some awful things also. I don't agree with 100% of what he's done. Right. Nobody nobody is 100%, and that's the same thing now. So we also have to remember whoever we choose, and we better choose Donald Trump because if we don't choose Donald Trump, we are not going to have a country. Unless we put on voter fraud, which we'll talk about later again. Yeah, we will not have a country. America will be gone because once the borders are open. When 650 million people migrate back and forth, there will be no America. Yeah, Karen, that's where TPP comes into the picture in the 6,000 pages. When that gets passed by Obama, and by the way, Rubio has voted for, and yet they still think he should be the U.S. senator. Well, we have some people that are at least finally beginning to recognize that uh, Rubio is, he did not do very well. He will do well now with the know-nothing Hispanic community that has grown out of sight, the second, the third generation Hispanic, the young Hispanic. He will not do well with the older. They know his story already. They're fed up with him. And the fact that the establishment ran him is because of Jeb Bush. So Florida is an anomaly and has a lot of problems because of Jeb Bush. We have a lot to overcome. And speaking of Florida, we've got uh, our guest uh, tonight. Uh, You're from Florida as well, and I, I think our next caller is, yeah, our next caller is from Florida as well, and Cindy, we will get you in uh, to the show. And so let's go ahead and bring it back uh, to Michael. Then, uh, if you want to make any uh, comments or you know additions to what you've heard so far, then we'll bring in Cindy. And then you know, depending if we you know have any more callers, I do see some on the line. Just push the one on your number dial if you'd like to get in. Uh, and then I want to welcome you, uh, Carolyn, uh, into the chat. Uh, and let's see, it looks like. Uh, your little program notes says try to log in to the link on her Google TV, uh, but it gave her an error. Uh, I, I, unfortunately, I don't know the technicalities of why that wouldn't let onto the page. I apologize, uh, but she did use her Mac computer, 
and was able to log on. I don't know why the, on the Google TV, uh, Carolyn, uh, I'm not very tech savvy. Maybe maybe our friend here, our guest, can maybe help you out more, more so of that uh, than I could. Uh, so that's what, how we'll do it. And unless we get some other uh, callers in, we'll uh, get some more comments from you, Michael, and then uh, we'll bring in Cindy, and then we'll bring uh, things back to our roundtable discussion uh, down the line with Susan and John. And then uh, I do have an audio clip, but, you know, I'd like to play on our you know, second portion of our uh, show tonight. Uh, still waiting for our other guests. I know on Wednesday night uh, they do conference calls about watching the vote, um, you know, trying to keep electronic election fraud or voter fraud at bay. Uh, we're trying to get that more to the media. I mean, they have been talking a lot you know, lately, at least, you know, about the possibilities of voter fraud, election fraud. And so it's good to, you know, their efforts and in, in, in part mine uh, to get that out. And so now, you know, your, your larger you know, stations such as Fox News and, and Trump's been talked about, we just really would like them to really address uh, the electronic uh, version of it. Uh, but we're waiting for Jim. But they're probably on a conference call, maybe running uh, late uh, for them to get in. I'll, I'll probably reach out to them a little bit because uh, in an hour, if you're not called in, unfortunately, we'd not be able to. So we don't want to drop calls either. Uh, but that's not until another hour from now. So let's go ahead and bring it back uh, to our guest, Michael, and then we'll bring Cindy in. Go ahead, Michael. Well, um, you mentioned um, Google TV, and I, I've not used that, so I can't really help anyone with uh, how to set that up. But um, I'd have to sit down and play with it. But um, And then uh, in regards to Rubio, um, on a sarcastical standpoint, there are a few – well, there's one good thing about Rubio. If he's not on your side right now, you just wait a couple of days and he will flip to it. It all depends <laughs> on where the money comes from. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's he, all about the money. He, he – uh, a couple of us are from Florida that are on the phone here. Um, he won one county in Florida in the presidential that primary. That was one too many. He won Dade County, which is basically Miami, where he's from. Right, right, Every right, other right. county went to Trump. Well, now I voted for Dr. Tolbert. Hold on, go ahead, Michael. Um, I cannot. I, I voted for Dr. Tolbert. I already did a um, early voting, um, which I know some people don't like, but I was pretty sad. I did my research. Um, uh, there was no way, even though I want to keep Hillary from having. Congress and Senate that she can work with that just rolls over us. I could not vote for Rubio. Well, well let's hope uh, she doesn't get that opportunity. That. Enough comes out to enough come enough comes out to keep you know wake people up and say, oh my gosh, how can I imagine voting for her? Yeah, I'm I'm probably voted for yeah. Dr. Colbert. That's a bad thing with early voting, and that's why the Democrats put early voting in place. They're the ones that sponsored the bill for early voting mm-hmm. under the guise of you are not being oh, civil rights. Oh, you're being uh, racist because you don't have early voting and you're discriminating against the blacks because you don't have early voting. How that discriminated, nobody was able to figure out. Because oh, they always try to use that. Until Donald Trump becomes president and we get all of this changed, <laughs> that is really the deal. 
And that's that's up to us. That's the part that people, I hope everybody realizes now, everybody that's energized, that's voting for Donald Trump. Because we are energized now. We don't turn around and put down our goodies and go home and go back and sit on the couch and watch the NFL. We have to go to meetings. We have to go to the meetings, our local meetings. The problem with that, Karen, is when yeah. I ran for governor, Fox News had me at 14% well, for being votes, and yet I end up with 82 votes because Sawyer pushes the button and somebody else gets to be the governor. That's just the way it is in Florida. Oh, of course. Florida didn't get to being the number one. Did you know this? We are number one as the most politically corrupt state in the, in the entire union. Out of all 50, we're finally hear- number one something. Amen. And let's hear more. Let's hear. Oh, God. Now, your lines are all going to be on, but I do want to get our other caller in. Uh, And so then, you know, we'll have our roundtable link to our guest that comes in, or we have any additionals on the call. Uh, So, you know, let's go ahead and bring in Cindy. And uh, it's great to hear from you, Cindy. Thank you very much for coming to the show. You're another Floridian. You're seeing things that are happening down there, probably including what they were just mentioning. Uh, about the corruption, so uh, let's hear from you. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? You muted your mic, didn't you, Cindy? No, I I was trying to use my earphones again. (laughs) Apparently, I have broken them, and the mic does not work on them anymore. Anyway, um, yeah, I wanted to hear more from Karen um, about the corruption thing here in Florida. I um, I want her to expand on that. And um, I want to, sometime tonight, um, before it gets too late, I want to talk about our amendments here in Florida. And uh, because I usually send this um, link out to people, you know, local here, and I want people to understand. Because even within my own party, there is argument about these amendments, and I want people to know um, from my point of view and, and also from Karen's and and um, Dr. Tolbert's and uh, Mike's, everybody's that's from here that has some knowledge about this situation, I'd like to have you all on record here so I can kind of pass it around my my, my uh, county here. But anyway, um, Karen, you're hilarious when you said that that one county was too many for Rubio. <laughs> that was good. Anyway, um uh, <laughs> um, you know, Karen, you mentioned that um, kid, uh, kids are still kids now at 26 years old, um, and and you know that's a, a almost a necessity because kids can't get a job anymore, so they got to live with their parents, and they and they can't get their own insurance because they can't get a job, so they got to get on their parents' insurance. So, um, you know, we have really just emasculated our, uh, excuse me, we have feminized, feminized our whole male population. Um, that was, and, yeah, that was the idea. Yeah. That was, and, the, that was the idea from the beginning. Exactly. exactly. And that was what the you feminist know. movement was really all about. Because yep. Margaret Sanger, bless her little heart, who was <laughs> the head of Planned Parenthood, so, 
want her goal in life was to eliminate the inferior race. Yeah. And the inferior you know, people. Are you need a hero, ladies? A hero at the end of the night? Some Jesus, ton of Hercules? Or, I'm trying to do that song. Come on, girls. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you know, a little humor. Um, this, this is the sad thing. I mean, over and over again, we heard stories about our founders and stories about, you know, people in the old days. Benjamin Franklin left home uh, from Boston, Massachusetts, when he was 16 years old, got himself all the way to Philadelphia and set up a print shop and, and, and became who Benjamin Franklin is. Um, Mm-hmm. And he did this at age 16. He was such a mature. And if you look at the whole story of his 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 um, traveling from Massachusetts to Philadelphia, if you look at his early life, I mean to tell you that man was so mature and self-assured. And the guy came from a family of 17 people. He was the youngest in 17 kids, and yet he had so much. I mean, that's just because everybody was raising their kids that way, and it was expected of kids to be that way. And and yet what what we've done is cause our kids to be just stay at home because they have to. They've made plates out of What When you go back and you look at, Schools back in the 1930s, they changed the goal of school to become, they believed Dewey and um, the Carnegies and the Rockefellers, and they believed that they, that humans were subhuman unless they were of their ilk, and that they should be programmed to be functional, and that that was the goal of the school. And they started, they tried to do that. It was too difficult because people were homeschooling. There was no formal school. And there was no formal anything with school until the Department of Education was born. And that was the beginning of the end because they took the real education and the real history and the real telling and they molded it into what they wanted the people to become, and as a result, we are now living the results of what they have put in place. And as most of us know that have studied this, or those of us that have lived through it, these plans and programs are not designed to work. Mm -hmm. They will never work. They cannot work. If they work, if they worked, then that agency would have no function and would be out of business. So yep. they'll never work. What they need is more money, and they need to get more bigger so that they can do better management and blah, 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 blah. And it, all it becomes then is a formation of format of control. And Jeb Bush in the state of Florida, which what was the beginning of the end of all of this, they mm-hmm. glommed on to the environmental idea 
and they decided that the Americans were stupid enough to believe that they could do something about the earth and about the climate. So this was their, what do they call the hamster on the wheel? And that's what they made this climate thing. Because it's, it's insane. Human beings cannot control the climate. It's, it's a, a well, you know, one of the things I've always, one of the things I've always uh, pined about uh, was how the, you know, the liberals have, you know, I mean, I believe in an environmental movement, but I think what they've done is they've hijacked it to the redistribution, redistribution of wealth well, agenda. Uh, you know, yeah, is, is what I think they're doing. What they've done, the I should say. You have to now look at who are the owners of what's going on. How, what's driving all of this? All of this is being driven through technology. So the mathematicians and the scientists who don't believe in God, who believe that they that there is no truth except the truth that they decide to be true, and this truth needs to be changed for a particular reason, it's okay, because there is no truth. And nothing is real, and that's the garbage that they've been feeding our kids. And when the Supreme Court allowed secular humanism, which is atheism, fancy name, to be deemed as a religion, and then they started in with the religious justice and human, you know, and civil justice and justice and justice and justice, um, they began to strip out God and morality. And as you, you know, and that when you know history, you know what comes next. And it, the sex, the drugs, everything else, in order to be able to control the people. Now, if you listen to them, and you know you know these people like John Tedesco. Now we really know who he is, and you think, okay, he was writing the, the laws. He was writing Obama's executive orders. He wrote Bill Clinton's executive orders. These exec these people that wrote these executive orders, they don't care about people. They're into the technology. They're, they feel that eventually they can get the technology to replace the humans that they have no regard for. Um, when you read Karl Marx, he calls them he calls us uh, useless eaters. We're useless. So unless we have a function. We are useless. So yep. the final act of the global takeover, or so they thought, was Jeb Bush signing a partnership with the United Nations to bring the United Nations into the Florida education system through their sustainability programming and programs. So the preparations were made. And Florida was divided into regions because they believed that in order to take over Florida or any country or any state, you can't have elected officials, you have to have regions. Because if you have an elected official, they are accountable to the people. And if you have a region, they're not accountable to anybody. They're, they're their own entity. They're accountable to who the government. So try to win a battle with water management. 
and how many regions do they cover? And their word is law, except when they don't know anything, and then nobody, they are not accountable. Oh, oops, we messed up. Oh, sorry. We had an oil spill in the Gulf. Oh, sorry. We weren't paying attention. We were watching porn on our computers. Well, you know, um, Karen, if if Hillary wins, if Hillary wins this election, it's going to be the result of voter fraud via computers, counting machines, illegal illegal voters, dead people voting, some people voting multiple times. And if Mm -hmm. that happens, we're going to see if the people of the United States have the fortitude the courage, the resolve, and the righteous indignation towards slavery that the colonists had and, and the greatest generation had of, of World War II, um, of what the Union uh, had in uh, in the 1860s. So um, I think we, we don't have any other hold choice. Hold on, hold on. If Let Cindy finish. She, Come on. We don't talk over each other. She, Go ahead, Cindy. Okay. If she wins, we don't have any other choices. Choice number one is revolt. Choice number two is um, live in slavery. Live in slavery. Revolt. Exactly. One person at a time. Let's not talk over each other, guys. Girls. But here's the thing: do we have do we have the 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 huevos to do that? You know, do we have it? We have no choice, and we do have a movement. And Donald Trump right now is the leader of that movement. And this is not about Donald Trump, as I said before. If this is the last time that we will have a chance like this because the baby boomers are still alive. Once we get through the baby boomers, of which I am one, and the people that remember what it was like and remember what freedom was, and they don't remember anymore, and those words were changed, and the Constitution was changed. They've already written the Declaration of Human Rights from the United Nations. The UN Charter, which your rights are granted by the UN. Isn't that nice? can hardly wait. And the TPP, as you mentioned, is will will absolutely 100% put the nail in the coffin because that gives up American sovereignty. It makes the Constitution moot and everything put under the world court and the variety of courts. So if you have a problem, an issue, or a challenge, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Well, there you know, Karen and I, Karen and I, um, now I want to ask uh, Dr. Tolbert and um, Mike and um, whoever else is on that's from Florida. Um, one, yeah, we'll bring uh, the wanna, round table and go ahead. Okay. I, I want to ask, uh, Karen and I agree that we should vote no on all the amendments being proposed on our constitu- uh, in our um, the constitutional me- amendments being proposed on our ballot this year. We don't want our constitution being 
uh, used, basically, to bring in uh, all kinds of weird uh, new uh, names and authority, like the electric companies, <laughs> um, and 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 uh, people like uh, um, you know um, what's his name um, John. What what's the idiot the lawyer's name? John Morgan. Yeah, Morgan. We don't want people like no. that to dictate to us what's going on, what's going to happen in our nation regarding all these issues. Um, what do you think, um, Dr. Tolbert? What is your stance on the amendments? Well, you know, I agree with you. I wrote an article about the pros and cons of marijuana back when I was running for governor, and Morgan will not address or talk about any of the factors and how this is being supported from a Mexican cartel. And then you get into the issue of the um, solar dishes, which is, again, a fraudulent uh, amendment that you should not be putting on on ballots these type of issues of readdressing the Constitution. But that even goes farther, the fact that the Supreme Court violated Florida's Constitution when it states marriages uh, man and a woman, and the Supreme Court overrides the Amendment 10. So we have a constant issue, uh, not only Common Core, which I have a doctorate degree and wrote one of the major articles by uh, many teachers throughout the United States that asked me to write in uh, 2010, and now I have the master's in theology and master's in education and a doctorate degree, and I wholeheartedly support the fact, you know, from an educational standpoint and uh, running for the U.S. Senate, that everybody must vote no on every amendment because we don't need the Constitution in Florida to be amended when, in fact, they don't even enforce the fact that we're supposed to have an open primary under the U.S. Constitution. Felonies are supposed to be able to vote. We brought lawsuits against the state of Florida. It looks like felons in 2018, based on action we did, is going to happen. It looks like the open primaries is going to take place, but don't let marijuana pass. The article showed that marijuana is a lead to higher accident rate because they will drink alcohol and marijuana. When we did the survey, we went into Europe and we did a survey on why they were having an increase in fatalities. And they concluded is that the smokers of marijuana are also the drinkers, which then led to higher drugs. We went to the doctors in America, and we said, is there an advantage for marijuana not in the liquid form? They said there's really no advantage of the liquid form because what it does, it enhances death because the user loses the will to live. And for that reason, doctors do not recommend it. Uh, we got into the VA facility because I'm a veteran retired master sergeant. We went into them and asked them. We went into different hospitals, and we addressed this to doctors. And then we wrote the articles based on true information. And we said, this is your good thing. This is your bad thing. And then we did it in a typical dissertation format. And, you know, we presented the article. Well, after we presented, it's typical what happens. Other news media start plagiarizing and using what we do, 
no one's going to mention a no party affiliated candidate or anyone in Florida, which now, by the way, is 38 percent. You all know what's happening with Miriam, of course, with Sally. They've taken her right to vote away. The League of of Women, we've went to them. I was at a forum with them two weeks ago. We tried to get them involved in Miriam's situation. They would not take it on. Uh, There's just a lot of issues in the state of Florida that people aren't addressing at all, Cindy. And, and, and let's, you know, unfortunately, we're almost halfway through the program. I have uh, reached out to our, our next guest, uh, but they must be having the conference call. Uh, we must be running real late, especially since we're, you know, getting real close to the election. Uh, but what we're going to do is, uh, and you mentioned, Karen, uh, and I've got an audio clip. It's, a, a, you know, decent. It's about nine minutes, but, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, going to play in uh, regards to what you mentioned earlier. I, I believe it was from one of the Trump rallies I went to. I think it was one of the first ones. Uh, that I've been through to this year. And there's a gentleman on there uh, named Earl. I believe he's an older gentleman. We'll find out when we listen to the audio. Uh, and he'll, you know, be talking about, you know, who, who sees uh, Trump. He's voted for, and he talked about, you know, and you, uh, this being a movement. And so, that, you know, that's one of the reasons why I want to play the audio. And so here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to go ahead and play that. Then we're going to go ahead and bring in uh, our guest for, you know, n- you know, some more comments either on uh, his topic or, or the next one we're going to be talking about, which is uh, voter pride, as you pointed out, uh, Karen. Uh, yeah, we got to go out and vote, and I think that's very important. I really think we need to talk to not just of our conservative friends, but our uh, independents, and maybe even if there still are any undecideds, uh, those are the people we really need to reach out to in order to get them to, to vote. And of course, you know, say, look, look at all this stuff going on with Hillary Clinton, and hopefully all uh, the uh, – and the new information that's been coming out uh, through WikiLeaks, uh, let's hope that's going to, you know, make an impact as well. You know, even on the folks who originally who haven't voted yet, um, and I know they really have been, at least here in Ohio, been pushing for that absentee vote, and makes me wonder why. Well, not really wonder. I mean, I got an idea, of course, uh, why that is. Uh, but it's really important to get that out. Uh, so let's go ahead and, you know, since you made reference to it, I will play this audio, and then uh, we'll bring things back around. Uh, after that, we'll do that starting with uh, you, Michael, as our guest. And then I want to bring in back to the show Susan and John. Uh, so I want to get some more of their comments. And uh, because I'll be playing an audio, uh, what I'll do is something that is very rare here in the show is I will be muting, including mine, uh, the mic so that we can uh, listen to the audio. Uh, so if there's any background noise, it won't be, uh, won't be heard there. So let's go ahead and play that audio. From that Trump rally. What, what's your name again? Earl Mills. And where are you from? I'm from Hamilton, Ohio. From Hamilton, Ohio? Yes, sir. Okay, so we're here tonight, at the, or this afternoon, at the Trump rally. Uh, so are you new to the uh, elections, or have you voted before? You normally vote for Republicans? Tell me a little background. I go back to, uh, I've lived under 13 presidents wow. from Roosevelt up till now, and I voted for Eisenhower, and I voted Republican ever since. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I met Dr. Carson back in September at Sharonville. That's awesome. We went back in the VIP's room. Great. And talked with him, and he was just, I thought, that's who I was really for. Yeah, I, I like him. I like Ben Carson. Mm-hmm. He's honest. He's too honest a lot. Citizen statesman. Yes, right. And, uh, we just... We chatted with him. My shirt collar was kind of out. He straightened it up for me. He just 
so nice and just so down to earth. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, after he fell back, I took Trump. Because I think Trump's got the message. And I think he'll do what he says. And when Ben Carson endorsed him, that just really enthused me. And Chris Christie, I said, there goes his attorney general. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I enjoy politics. We watch Fox News all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we get the most information of a conservative mm -hmm. view. And then we watch other stations to get the liberal view. And I've always liked... Uh, what station is that? That's CNN. Yeah, that's when I watch it. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. what I watched before Fox, mm -hmm. and then I, I found out about Fox, and I, I started watching Fox. I like most of the people on Fox. Uh, I don't think, uh, if I can say names, Megan Kelly, I don't think she's too fun to Donald. No, she's not. And uh, I'm not a big fan of Megan Kelly, actually. No. Uh, and uh, Rubio, I really love the young guy. But he got in with Cruz, I think. Yeah. And Cruz, and Cruz let him. Uh, yeah, I'm saving their spot. <laughs> Cruz. Cruz got. Uh, Is that her seat? Yeah. You're okay. You're, she's okay. No, no, go ahead. I want to take your. Okay. But he got in with Cruz, and Cruz made him the fall guy. Yeah. And Cruz, I'll be honest, I've looked at a lot of people in the face. I was a chaplain for hospice, and I, I know human nature pretty good. But the first time I laid eyes on Cruz, I said, no, that's not the guy. I'm 82 years old, and I can say a little bit above and beyond. But I, you can look at a man's face sometimes and tell where he's honest and tell where he's coming from because people poured out their heart to me with hospice and uh, I looked at Cruz he's a sneaky little guy and he tells a lot of lies I'm a Republican he's a Republican but I mean you gotta call it like it is and my whole family is voting for Trump and uh, I'm enjoying today I can imagine I got this good seat where I can be this close yeah you better see him yeah. good I feel privileged today I'm so honored. Well, I tell you what, we have, we appreciate uh, you know voting all these you know all these years. I talked to a gentleman earlier today, who he's 40 years old, just now just now started voting. He said, "I haven't voted till Donald Trump." I think there is a movement. I think uh, that he's bringing in a lot of independents, which, to be honest, I'm an independent. Yeah. I know I was a Republican most of my life. I followed politics since I was 10. I'm not gonna say how old I am now, but uh, let's say it's been a couple decades. All right, and so. I'm not, I mean, after 2012, I, I, I left the Republican Party. I'm an independent now. I do, but I've been thinking about doing independent the way that Trump's run against both parties. Yes, GO, yes, the, the I agree G, with that. The GOP is not backing Trump, but the people, this is going to be one of the we the people times to vote. Yeah. And we're going to stand up. And I believe that the majority of Americans feel the same way that I do. We're sick and tired. We made the Republicans a majority in the Senate and the House, and they sat back and let Obama do anything he yes. wants to. I said Richard Nixon looks more like a Sunday school teacher every day to me. Yeah. Know? And they was going to impeach him, and he had to leave office. And what Obama's got away with, your eye couldn't do 
One Poor Hillary Clinton. Why is she not in jail, right? Yep. Hey, that's what I wrote on my Facebook. Yesterday. Yeah, why is she not in jail? Yeah. Well, we know why. Let's be honest. We know why she's not in jail. Right. Yeah, she's being. Uh, she's definitely being protected. She's insulated. Uh, and, and, and let me bring. And let me bring up the bring to the next question. Is we know the forces are against Donald Trump. Okay. Right. And as you pointed out. Wait a minute. I got to make sure I didn't have a technical difficulty here. Good. Okay. As, as you pointed out, that Trump's going against both parties. Right. So it's well known that everybody's against Trump. Okay. Yeah. So be that as it may, let's say that for some way the Republicans are successful in their fight against Trump and he doesn't have to come the nomination. Would you vote for someone other than Donald Trump to go against Hillary Clinton? Because if people don't, Trump, unfortunately, if they don't vote for the Republican candidate, we will have a President Hillary Clinton, which I think will be, be even worse. What are, what's well, your thoughts? If Trump don't get in and goes to the third party, I think he'll win anyway. Really? I think Democrats... Hmm? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of Democrats vote for Trump. Well, so a lot of Democrats voted for Reagan. But. Yeah, that's right. Good to have it on the show. Hey, Ronald Reagan was a great... He admired Franklin Roosevelt. He was a Democrat. He turned Republican. And under the 13 presidents I've lived, Ronald Reagan was the best. He brought America up. Carter took it down. Not as bad as it is now. So I think Trump is the only man running for office for president that can bring the United States out of a $20 trillion deficit. I believe that with all my heart, with all my 82 years of experience. I'm believing and praying for Trump to triumph. Well, we call it, you know, the show, it's Bart's Logic, it's the name of the show. It's not about me, it's not about whatever. But we call it the Grassroots We the People Show. And that's what this is, I think, Trump could be about. It's a grassroots movement we're about to see. Um, I think that he could, I mean, personally, at this point, I was worried about Trump being able to beat Hillary Clinton with all the new people that he's brought in. We'll see, there's a chance. Of doing that, my grandson, grandson, and granddaughters that voted for Obama, they're voting Trump. I told him, I think about the future of your Is children. It? Think about the future of your children. This, this election, this time, their future depends on it. If they don't get somebody like Donald Trump in there, if they don't get Donald Trump, and they get Hillary, then going nowhere. But if they get Hillary in there, it'll be the same old, same old, and their chi- children will be in debt, to their, and their children will be in debt. Now, I ask this of everybody I've interviewed uh, the past couple days. Is there any one issue, any one topic that you, you're not being heard, talked about, that you would like to, to them to talk more about? Well, there's a lot of personal things in all of our lives that we don't want, want to talk about. So that you want, I mean, what, is there an issue or topic that the politicians, including Trump, are not talking about? That you, uh, is that an issue you would like them to discuss? Well, our, our military, if we don't have a strong military, the rest of it, you're not going to have no economy, you're not going to have no freedom of speech. It's just not our freedom is going to be taken away from us. And, and freedom, freedom to have a strong military, freedom of speech, and freedom to do as we've always done and not be a... Most people I get on Facebook, 
they're afraid to say anything. Yeah. Afraid to be retaliated against. Right. I've actually people who declined on interviews because they're afraid of that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about it is, it's an old saying, but when good men do nothing, that's when evil prevails. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and like Trump, I've heard him say, there's a lot of Democrats' friends. He supported in the past. He supported everybody. But I think Trump is going to win. All right. Well, thank you very much, sir. And at this point, I'll be uh, opening up uh, everyone's mics. Uh, and speaking of Mike, <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, bring our guest in. Uh, first, uh, to you know, talk about the the audio, what his thoughts are, and then we're going to go ahead and bring it into uh, for you, Susan, and for yourself, uh, Jim. I mean, sorry, John, and then uh, bring it back to Karen because she's the one who you know kind of spurred me to to play that audio clip, and then we'll uh, bring things back around to Dr. Tolbert and uh, to you, Cindy, and but of course, if our uh, other guest uh, does call in, we you know we want to get them in as as quickly as possible. Uh, I do have uh, a message out to them. Hopefully uh, they're still not doing their conference call. I know it's possible, uh, but hopefully they'll be able to you know, call us in before midnight because, uh, as you know, uh, Ben will do that in the next, unfortunately, 27 minutes. We'll be able to uh, get them on. I think that's going to be a very important uh, topic to talk about, especially since this is probably, uh, unfortunately, going to be the last show uh, here uh, until the uh, the election. Unless we do a special episode, but I'm actually going to be looking at doing some some things for the show, namely maybe doing some poll watching or you know, or maybe do some exit polling or something of that nature. Uh, we'll see. I think an offer from a, another party to do some poll watching. Uh, just uh, having a chance to look at that. But anyway, let's go ahead. And I do have the mics open. Now let's go ahead and bring it back to our guest, Michael. And then, uh, as I said, we'll bring it to you and Susan and John, and we'll bring it around our round table uh, from there. So let's go ahead, Michael. Well, obviously, your um, your interviewer has a lot of experience, um, and I really hope he's correct because it could get ugly if she gets in there and starts opening up the borders like she wants to do. And um, you can't trust anything coming from that angle. Um, but I, I just wanted to thank you for having me on. I've got to bow out here soon. Um, got to get up early to go to work. Luckily, still have my job. But I appreciate yeah, your time. Is this Mike? Yes. Yes. Mike. Mike, well, you never did say what you thought about the amendments. Are you voting no on all of them? Um, you know, I have voted no on all of them. Um, the only one that I – the only thing about the marijuana, and, and I don't know much about it, is I would like to get tax money from it. I mean, if somebody wants to do it, tax them. Uh, but I, I don't really care. The one thing that I would say is – these items do not belong in the Florida Constitution. Right. And I believe that's where you were going with it. Yes. Also, you know, in, in the Constitution. In, in nine, excuse me, in 2014, we passed a law anyway to give us medical marijuana. And, 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 but if you look at um, what the, you know, the Colorado style or the California style marijuana, what, what theirs turned into was, you know, uh, free marijuana for all and a head shop on every corner. And what happened to uh, medical marijuana actually went backwards because 
the pot that started coming in there, the the um, mar- the cannabis that started coming in there, which was supposed to be low THC, um, now has levels um, as high as 30% more than what they did when the original law was was written, and the the good part, the good um, compound, the CBD, which is the part that actually has its medical uh, components, that has actually decreased, and they're finding all kinds of bacteria and heavy metals and pesticides and all kinds of other contaminants in in their um, pot now. So we're looking at um, whenever you take the the regulations off and you just allow everything to come in willy-nilly, then this is what you get. You don't get real medical marijuana anyway. I think we need to depend on the law that we already have with all of the safeguards that were bas- that were um, that were uh, written into it. And uh, and so I'm a I'm a solid no on that. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for coming with uh, coming and talking to us, Mike. We really really appreciate it. Yeah, well, we'll do it again sometime. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, sure. We'll definitely have more topics. Thank you very much, Michael, and and uh, we'll be you know, we'll be in touch. And so let's go ahead and you know, sorry, it's Susan and uh, John didn't get the opportunity to talk uh, with them more. Uh, I, you know, the Floridians kind of took over, I guess. No, I'm just halfway kidding, but halfway serious. Uh, but let's go ahead and get you guys on. I do have a, perhaps another audio clip that's going to bring us into uh, you know, our next topic for tonight and still try to reach out and get our, our next guests on. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Susan, and then uh, we'll bring in John, and then we'll go ahead and go to Dr. Tolbert and Karen. Uh, however, if our, we do get our guests, and I, I do want to bring uh, them on as quickly as possible. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, bring it back to you, Susan. Thank you. Um, I wouldn't vote for Rubio, but and I don't live in Florida. I don't have to worry about it. I just have to worry about that idiot Mike Simpson. And you want to believe I voted for him? Go ahead, because I didn't. I voted for the Constitution Party guy. Uh, he'll probably still get in, but you know my conscience is clear, and I voted for Crapo even though he was kind of against Trump, because I said you can't you know, fight fight your faith and for the veterans. He really fights for them. He does other good things. So. Um, I voted for Trump. Yes, I did. And I took a picture of my ballot. I voted I voted early. And uh, in so doing, Paul, you remember he gets on now and then, he said, oh, I, you, Trump, he said, you persuaded me I voted for Crapo even though I didn't want to. And I said, well, good, I guess. <laughs> Not some sense in the but don't ask me to go that route again. I will go third party next election. I'm sorry. I can't. It just made me cringe inside to have to vote the R, let alone I would never have voted the D. <laughs> oh, it just, I just, and let me tell you, when I asked them, I said, I took a picture. And I said, is this safe when I put it in the little, little box where it goes in and it counts, does something and then it drops in? And she goes, well, yes. And I go, well, I took a picture, and I'm asking these questions, and it's safe, it's sealed, it's blah, blah, blah. And she huffed and she puffed, and I thought she'd blow my house, and if I'd have had one there, she was so insulted and indignant that I would even ask her a question or anything. 
<laughs> but uh, I did, and I took the picture. I posted it on in the group of me holding the ballot and shows that I voted for Trump. And a few other votes were there, but the picture wasn't the greatest, but at least it proved it. So if anything ever is said, I'll say, well, yeah. see? Well, I know. I think, I think people should, should. I think. I think people should take a picture of their vote. Seriously, find some way to record it because, you know, as far as I you know, for me, as long you know, as soon as you put that, uh, unless you come back and look at the big ticker tape if they even have it. Um, no, you didn't. You know, yeah, it's a, you, you, once that vote leaves your hands, you have no idea, uh, you know, what happens to it. And no, you don't. And uh, you, you, I think that, and, and the same thing, you've got to be proactive. And I don't mean this way that they are, you know, he's, he's well, tell him to and do this and that. You have to do these little things that are, you can't just allow on one person or a group. You've got to do proactive stuff yourself. And, you know, this all is well and good about fighting for the jobs and the rights and American workers and vote for this and that. But you know what? A lot of these jobs are they're not bringing in foreign workers, other than really illegal immigrants and all that. A lot of these jobs are being outsourced to moving overseas. And when I call, like sometimes for the AT&T at certain times a day, or directing me, or this or other things, so what happens? I get someone in a foreign country, and I'll say, "Where, where am I calling to?" Well, I'm in India. I, I, and I would say, I don't understand your access to, I want to be transferred to someone in the United States. Sometimes they hang up, and sometimes it'll take 20 minutes to get someone in the United States because they deliberately put you on hold, hoping you'll just whatever, you know, it's punishment. But you have to demand to speak to someone in the United States. You have to. And that's what I mean by being proactive. It, it, that's part of it. You personally need to speak up and take a stance and not just say, well, this political group or this candidate will do. No, you have to do something. You have to. So that's what I do. And you will get a reaction. Sometimes it's not too good, but who cares? You know? And a lot of times their, their accents are horrible. They can't understand half the stuff. Not always, but a lot of times. And I, I don't want to have to struggle to understand or to explain. And I told them, you know, I said, you don't even know American laws or what's going on over here. So I said, how can I talk to you about a complicated situation in my mind with, say, direct who is all of that horrible? And I just, you know, they still owe us money. And these guys were just like trying to blow it off. They said, you don't know. I can get an attorney. I can do this. I can do this. I said, what do you know? You're over there in India. You don't know anything about what we do, what we can do. You know nothing. Silence. They don't know. So there you go. I hope everybody will do that. Demand. When you go to Walmart, for example, look for those American-made light bulbs. Look for, you know, buy as much American I'm not saying... Yeah, it's very hard to find anything. Even thermoses, you know, it's hard to even find uh, made in the United States. Things you thought would be made here, it's very hard to find, unfortunately. Uh, Especially if you're going to Walmart, let me tell you. (laughs) Well, 
Well, they are doing more organic stuff. So give them that. Well, remember, it used to be Taiwan. <laughs> remember, I mean, it used, I mean, back in the day, it used to be you know, you'd see made in Taiwan all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Or and then before that, it was made in Japan. Right. Oh yeah, especially car. Yeah, if you go so to the dollar, store, the dollar store in Big Lots, you'd be surprised. At well, yeah, that too. Made in America is in that store, in those stores. I started shopping there so I wouldn't have to go to Walmart. But thank you, uh, Suzanne, because that's exactly what I've been doing also. We have to start demanding. Look what's going on in the NFL. And why is right, that and we'll get, uh, um, we, can, we, can, we, can, we can bring that in, Karen. But I do. I mean, we haven't heard from John for a while. I do want to bring John in. And then uh, you know, we can bring in Dr. Tolmer, and we will bring it back uh, to you as well. Now, at the top of the hour, though, I do want to play, you know, another audio because uh, I do want to, you know, bring up our, our next topic for the show, and that's, you know, the election, uh, election fraud, uh, the government corruption, and, and Hillary Clinton, what happens if she becomes president. And so I do want to bring that in. Hopefully we'll be able to get our next guests in. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to hear from them, so I don't, I don't know why that is at this point. Uh, hopefully by the end of the show I'll find out if, if, if they're not called in by then. Uh, so anyway, uh, so let's go ahead and bring uh, bring John back in, and then Dr. Colbert, and then Karen, and then uh, we'll have to move uh, move things forward. I mean, I, this is a, definitely another one of those shows that I believe we could put four or five hours in. Unfortunately, I have three. Um, I am looking at some things uh, to to prolong that, but I, I really can't say it here. Uh, but you know, well, as I said, that, that that's a discussion uh, off air. So anyway, let's go ahead and bring it over to uh, bring it over to you, John. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's station break. You're listening to Bard's Logic Political Talk on uh, Blog Talk Radio. And don't forget to call in before the top of the hour so you can at least listen to the, the Bard's Logic After Dark. And that is 347-945-7428, and that's probably within 14, 16 minutes from now. So don't forget that and share the podcast out to all your friends and family. And on to the show. We can return it back to you. Okay, now here's my comment. We know. <laughs> Thank you, John. And we know, based on a lot of the WikiLeaks stuff that's been going on, that there's quite a bit of corruption in almost every institution within governance. So is it possible that this is all planned? Because think about it. Whenever you have so many different people in so many agencies and bureaucracies throughout all the institutions of our governance, that all are tend to want to be globalist or at least support that ideology. And Mr. Obama and all of the different henchmen along that same little route know that probably the best way to be able to trade it, get everything to flow into the UN and the UN to take over is number one, turn over the internet so then they can track and data mine everybody's stuff and then do like mm-hmm. China's trying to do where they put performance criteria on all of your actions and stuff and then they track all of your data through the different you know point of interest internet connections if you're using digital currency or if you're using your credit cards and whatnot and you're not using cash then they can control all that and then or at least monitor and track it all and then we know that the leaks keep coming out but julian assange is still alive 
Because if these multi-billionaires and multi-corporations people didn't like what was going on, I guarantee you they could disappear or make you know anybody disappear like we've heard. What, well, it, it, that would be too public, though, I think. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but, man, I think that would just be – at this point, it would just be too public and too obvious if he was taken out. Assange has dropped out of sight. We haven't seen and heard from Assange in quite a few days now. Yeah, well, they, would, they would actually kill WikiLeaks, which they may be in the process of doing now that they've turned the Internet over to the you know, UN. But Well, once- there's, the problem with that is there's a lot of ways to get to it because, like, for instance, you can go to that um, – that site, HillaryForPresident.com, it's um, Dr. Larry Kawa, um, I think that's his site. But anyway, um, he's the one, he's got all that stuff. He's got, you can get on there and and hit the little uh, drop-down menus, and you can find Hillary's emails um, and all kinds of other stuff in here. He's Put that on Bart's got, logic, could you, Cindy? The point that I'm trying to make is it's intentional that they allowed it to get out in order to stir up a riot so then they could actually have uh, martial law and bring the blue coats from the U.N. to come into our country so they can upset the situation. Because think about it. If, if they're concerned that Trump might get into office, then they know that so many people on the Democrat side are going to be so upset that that might stir up some people. And then they know at this point in time, because of certain things, if if um, Hillary was to win, there would be a whole bunch of people that would continue to think the situation is rigged, which we know it is, then we would have an uproar that way. So whether Hillary wins or Trump wins, either way, we've got a lot of work on our hands to try to overcome this stuff because of the down-ballot people that are on the both sides, Democrat and Republican, are most all globalist-supported-minded people. And just like Andrew Napolitano said on one of the Fox, I don't remember his Fox Business or Fox News channel, he said every one of the Supreme Court justices that Donald Trump listed that he knew had, you know, looked at were big corporate governing mentality people. So the, the odds of this thing going down with the support of Donald Trump is almost slim to none because nobody – he doesn't have anybody except his campaign group that's going to support him and then the supporters that are going to vote for him. Now, one last comment. This is something that I've been struggling with for a while myself because you all know I'm not like Hillary or Trump, and I think Hillary was worse. However – when I think about giving my vote to a third-party person and then that still ushers in Mrs. Clinton, will God hold me accountable for all the blood of the innocent children through the abortions because I made an ignorant mistake that I was so earthly-minded, or I was so holy-minded to vote my principles that I was no earthly good to make sure that God's purposes were fulfilled on earth? Because think about Cyrus and Samson and all these different people that God used that weren't perfect. I've had to come to grips with that myself. So I don't want those innocent children's blood on my hands if I vote third party. So I'm most likely going to be voting Trump next week. 
I well, if there was case. somebody righteous for you to vote for, I would say, yeah, th- then maybe you, you should think twice about that. But there's no one on the ticket that, that well, you and is, I should call is, there righteous. Is, there, Cindy, there is people that are more righteous, but the practical reality is, see, they're not going to get enough votes. On and that the would ticket? Usher in, that would usher on in the And she's going to continue the abortion and the shedding of innocent blood, and I'm not willing to allow I don't want Who do you think mind. is on the ballot? And who do you think is on the ballot that you can call righteous? Well, like Castle from the Constitution Party They're probably be more righteous right. than the other one. Exactly, exactly. the point. We it, got it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't make any difference. There's only two people that mm-hmm. can win. It's either gonna be Hillary or Trump and anything else is either is a vote against America. That's it. And it's a sad thing because the third party would have been wonderful now, but a third, but it it was just so negative that it wouldn't have worked. But this was the time that a third party would have been terrific. Unfortunately, we have Hillary yeah, and Trump, and and that's the reality. And yeah, if the, Demo- why, if the Democrats picked anybody, yeah, if the Democrats would have gotten Bernie Sanders if he would have won, which some contend that he should have. Uh, then I'll, I might have even been more, uh, you know, more towards, you know, voting for, you know, a third party voting my conscience on that. Uh, but with it being Hillary Clinton, there's just no way. No, there was no way. There's no way. So we're stuck with what we have. So we have to deal with the reality of in seven days, it'll either be Hillary, President Clinton, oh, God forbid, or President Trump. Yay, yay, yay. And we've got well, and we've got um, Gene on the line, and Gene will we'll, we'll get you in shortly. Uh, but I've got an article here. Um, now this may surprise some people. This is actually on Fox Business. Uh, it, it, it's just a short article, uh, and believe it or not, but here we go. It says uh, the title of the article, and then we're going to get you in, John. Um, it looks like we may not be getting uh, our other guests in, so we'll, we'll think of how we're going to cover that topic. Uh, but this one was uh, Ralph Nader. Uh, Clinton, Clinton Foundation's action should result in indictment. Says former presidential candidate Ralph Nader on libertarian presidential nominee Gary Johnson's Aleppo blunder and the controversy around the Clinton Foundation. Uh, four-time presidential candidate Ralph Nader called Hillary Clinton's pay-for-play involvement with the Clinton Foundation a lethal quadrangle. It's the it's the content of the emails, not so much the classification, non-classification, and its lethal quadrangle. Hillary Clinton and the State Department, Clinton Foundation, Bill Clinton making $10,000 a minute or whatever with the speeches and corporate mining magnets and other big corporations wanting favors, Nader said during an interview on Fox Business News Networks after the closing bell. The Breaking Through Power author said some of the business interests involving national security, like the uranium deal, involving one-fifth of all U.S. strategic uranium reserves, cast serious suspicion as it confirms special favors may, be, may have been provided as leverage through the Clinton Foundation and Bill Clinton speeches. They want favors from the State Department. They used Bill Clinton. They gave him huge speech fees. And they turn around and make big contributions to the Clinton Foundation. It's very unsavory, and there's going to be more emails coming through to illustrate that, Nader said. 
Nader said he hasn't discovered anything illegal within Clinton Foundation documents, but he finds the Foundation's actions unethical. Uh, not in the document sense, documented sense, but it's still unethical, still unsavory, so seemy that to ought to be serious indictment itself. So that is, you know, in that article you can find uh, by going to the Bard's Logic Political Talk newsroom at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. You can also find other articles, including the five FBI cases looking at Hillary Clinton's inner circle. And also there's many more articles uh, that you can find uh, on there on the Bard's Logic Political Talk newsroom. Uh, so check that out at the www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Bard's Logic, Political Talk, uh, dot com. And so what I'm going to do is uh, we're going to go ahead and bring uh, Dr. Tolbert and Karen, and then I'm going to play an audio at the end of uh, out of that, and then I'll probably have even more audio to play. Uh, I'm going to try to find one at their website at uh, watchthevoteusa.com uh, and play some audio from that since it's becoming apparent that, uh, unfortunately, for whatever reason, uh, we're not going to get our other guests in tonight. Uh, I just hope they're well. So let's go ahead and uh, bring it back to you, Dr. Colbert, and then we'll bring in uh, Karen. Oh, wait a minute. You know what? I still apologize. Let me bring uh, let me bring Gene in. I, I apologize for that. And then we'll bring it back to you, Dr. Colbert. Thank you very much, Gene, for calling to the show. How are you? Uh, doing okay. How about you guys? Good, good. Doing fine. Yeah. Oh, really good. Yeah, I had some kind of different... I had some different thoughts. What happens if it turns out that Putin's a good guy, especially, I mean, if Hillary gets in and all this globalists and everything, or, that's one thing that came across my mind, and it was just an uh, interesting discussion hearing about everything. kind of lost some of my thoughts I had. Or... Well, I apologize for that. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I know Susan had some interesting thoughts and everything about the different politics and everything. I got to vote in Idaho for the first time, so I didn't vote for Simpson as well. I voted for the Constitutional Party and voted for the rest of them, and I voted for Trump because he was the lesser of two evils. I'm not always comfortable with Trump, but hopefully he will do the right thing if he that was a get in. It looks like NBC in their map. It looks like you might have a hair of a chance, but I don't know. Uh, them behind the scenes trying to, to yeah. work all if this. If you can play the polls, yeah. Yeah. Well, we all have to make sure that we vote and that uh, we make sure that everybody that we know that's in our in our circle of people votes. That's the important thing. That's our first job. And once that job is done, we have a tremendous job to do because if we don't pay attention to what's going on locally, that's where these people have rooted themselves. So in case this happened, they would still be around to push all of their initiatives and programs. So that's where our job is really going to just begin. Yeah, I voted by absentee belt. I took it down there and I watched them drop it in, so Good. you really don't know what happens to your vote after it drops in, but I, I think in Idaho, they, I'm not sure how they do that with the ballot if they count them by hand, but, you know. Well, let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Dr. Tolbert and Karen, and I'm going to play uh, this audio, 
and then I've got two piece two audios uh, that I'll play. Uh, one will be where Duke Ingrich was on, uh, I believe it was yesterday, Halloween, and he was, uh, you know, talking with Sean Hannity, you know, about the latest developments uh, with the email. Uh, and then we'll uh, take that after you. Go ahead, Dr. Colbert. I have one other time if if I can say something. That on the Savage Nation, have you guys talked about it before on these Bolton machines owned by uh, George Soros and uh, some other ones own a lot of these Bolton machines too? Yeah, we've talked about it. I don't know if we mentioned the thing on Savage, but yeah, the 16 states that that are uh, that Soros, he owns ones in 16 states. Yeah, eight by ten. And then Romney has nine of them, I think nine states, they mentioned that, too. There's two different companies. The the voting machines were made in Venezuela with Chavez and George Soros. We actually... The software software comes from Spain through a George Soros company. That's that's the same thing. Yeah. Karen, that's the same thing with uh, Romney. Romney has it with his son, Tav, and it's registered in Venezuela, and a lot of the items and components are made in India. We wrote a long article on that about three years ago. Yep. Yes, I remember that. I remember that. We all said, no, 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 no. And Jeb Bush said, oh, I see money in the air. Let us say yes. End of story. Yeah. With that, it is the top of the hour, and yeah, at this point, at this point, we, you know, unfortunately, we're we're not going to be able to uh, to get our other guests. And to be honest, I'm very disappointed with that. I was hoping to be able to head them on. If, if you, you know, they're going to talk pretty much a, a lot about what we talked about last week. Uh, so if you uh, want to hear what you know, a, a lot of what they're talking about. Uh, go to the podcast uh, from last week's show, uh, and then you'll hear, you know, a lot, you know, a lot about. It. I'll play some audio uh, from uh, their website, from uh, the website, open letter uh, to Donald Trump dot com. So check that out at uh, open letter to Donald Trump uh, dot com. And so, you know, check out, you know, that website. Also, watch the vote USA dot com. So uh, this time I am going to keep the mics open. Uh, for this audio, so if you will, you know, if you're just going to give me any background noise, uh, just mute your mics or your phones uh, while I play this, and uh, hopefully you get some good audio here. Uh, but this is, uh, as I said, a discussion uh, between Newt Gingrich and Sean Hannity on the recent developments uh, with the emails. ...that the American political system finds itself in on this particular Monday. I mean, when when you're told that the computer they're looking at might have 650,000 emails. And remember that Hillary deleted 33,000 on her own, even after they've been subpoenaed. And now you have to say, so gee, what if those 33,000 are there among the 650,000 emails? And you also realize that this almost certainly means either Homer Abedin committed perjury by telling the FBI there was not another device, or in one of the weirdest twists of this year, she really didn't understand the technology and didn't know it was sitting there. I mean, you, you have, can you imagine if you're Hillary Clinton and somebody walks in and says to you on Friday, 
they're reopening the case because when they were tracking down the text to a 15-year-old girl in North Carolina by Anthony Weiner, it turned out that his wife's emails were on the same computer as the text to the 15-year-old girl. And oh, by the way, it turns out now that there are 650,000 of Huma's emails on that computer. I mean, if you're Hillary Clinton, you have to look at her and think, were you insane? I mean, you, you, if you knew you were doing it, you were putting emails on Anthony Weiner's computer. Now, yes, he's your husband, but he's also nuts. And now he's caught in an FBI case which has nothing to do with the presidential campaign, but which is leading him back to the email case for the FBI. And now we discover, because all of a sudden the FBI is leaking like crazy, there are five different field offices that have been actively investigating the Clinton Foundation in terms of public corruption. Well, I didn't mean, you may have known it because you have such great sources, but I certainly did not know that until today. Um, so you have... The Clinton Foundation, which I've always thought was the center of corruption for them, has five different FBI field offices, <clears throat> all of whom have been investigating it without Comey saying a word. I mean, when he, when he talked about the emails in July, he never mentioned these investigations. And now that's he, coming out. He actually denied that. And, and Loretta Lynch, who apparently didn't want Comey to come forward with this information, which I think would have been dereliction of duty on his part. I, look, the whole exchange with Trey Gowdy, to me, you have our FBI director admitting that she's guilty of crimes. Remember the questions. They were very specific by Trey Gowdy, who himself, you know, remember, this is a guy that was a prosecutor that never lost a case. And when Trey Gowdy asked Comey, you know, she said there was nothing more classified on her email center received. Was that true? He says that's not true. This is the FBI director. When Gowdy asked him, Clinton said, I didn't email any classified material to anyone on my email. Uh, there was no classified material. Was that true? No, there was classified material. And he goes through a series of questions. Each one, each time, he, con he admits that Hillary Clinton has violated the law in a severe way. Why don't I ask you, this, why is this so important? And what would happen if, God forbid, we woke up November 9th and she was elected? Well, I mean, first of all, and I, I mentioned this to you the other day because I was so struck when Callista and I were out at the Nixon Library, which has a great new exhibit and, and really remarkably well done. But, but, but they start with Watergate because they know that they have to get that dealt with for people to even open their mind up to Richard Nixon. And you suddenly realize, here's a guy who, in 1972 carries 49 states, gets over 60% of the vote, the, the highest number since FDR in 1936, the higher than Reagan got in, eight, in 1984. One and a half years later, he's, out, he's resigned. He's out of office. And so you say to yourself, we're, we could be on the edge of repeating that because between the five field offices that are investigating the foundation, uh, the entire question of national security and um, how Hillary handled emails. And then remember, the thing that always gets you as it got Nixon and Watergate is all the cover-up. I mean, it's, it's inconceivable by this stage that they don't have so many different perjury counts and obstruction of justice counts being being added up here. I, I was uh, on the show, one, one, the radio show with you at one point with Rudy Giuliani, who, who had been a U.S prosecuting attorney, uh, 
And he was commenting that he thinks there are literally hundreds to thousands of, of counts of a potential indictment. And, and he agrees with Andy McCarthy, who was the attorney who was a U.S. Uh, deputy U.S. attorney, uh, prosecuted the 1993 World Trade Center bombing. Uh, and McCarthy has said flatly, this is a classic RICO case. This is an organized crime case. You have to see the entire Clinton operation as parallel to the Gambino family or some other organized crime family. Uh, and when you put him in that context and you see the swapping of, of uh, official favors for money, uh, the fact that they're laundering it through the foundation doesn't matter. The fact is the foundation was under their control. They profited from the foundation. It was a conduit for them to enrich themselves. And the um, memo that Doug Band wrote is just, it is a 12-page uh, roadmap for a prosecutor to to lay out the case because Doug himself and trying to justify himself to Chelsea Clinton is saying, look, here's how I'm making your parents rich. You ought to love me. Look at all the different things I'm doing to make your parents rich. And of course, he's outlining stuff that's illegal. There's so much here on any level. There's so many different crimes. Now, you mentioned Rudy. I think he's up to about 18 specific felonies that he, have, he has found. Look, some of them are very very simple. I mean, you have uh, 18 U.S. Code 201 bribery. You know, in other words, did they benefit financially from all of this? Then you've got, you know, 18 U.S.C. 208 acts affecting personal financial interests. Well, that could be the Uranium One deal. That could be the Moroccan deal. That could be the Haiti deal, any of which benefited them financially. Did they conspire to commit a crime just by the, the whole issue of the email. I mean, for example, you have, you know, wire fraud possibilities here. You have disclosure of confidential information. You have obstruction of justice. You have perjury. You have false statements. I mean, there's so much here that I think when you look at it, really the magnitude of charges that she will face on top of starting at the beginning mishandling classified information removal of classified information each of which individual case represents a felony each time they let me make this very clear for everybody who's listening to us this is much much bigger than watergate watergate was one truly stupid crime breaking into the democratic national committee headquarters and then everything that came out of that was the cover-up but it was one specific act it was a stupid act it was an illegal act and then everything that came out of it was a cover-up this is this involves years of corruption by the clintons i mean this is this is the largest um Corruption by senior American officials in the history of the country. There is nothing like this ever before. And, of course, what we're going to find out that is absolutely fascinating, If it sounds to me, and again, as a historian, I'm just trying to analyze this stuff as though it was in the archives and I was writing a book about it. It sounds to me as though, and she may not have understood the technology, but Huma Abedin may have actually archived every email she ever sent. It's very possible. You, get to say, I, you, know, you and I both send lots of emails, but to get up to 650,000 emails? It's ridiculous. I don't know how you get that high. And, I, and you're right. The volume of emails that are sent by me on any given day are just, it's, the volume is dramatic. And I just don't know how you get to that many. Now, if you go back to many years, it sounds like that all of them were archived and sent to this particular device. And that's what and, they found. And now, if that's the case, we're going to learn so much stuff because she was the closest person to Hillary. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, and, and, and we're going to see so many laws yeah, violated. I mean, so what? Walk me through if she wins. What does that mean? Well, I look, this will never end, and this is part of what. And, and by the way, I thought it was very telling today that the White House came out and said the president has complete confidence in Comey. The president, they did not pick up on Harry Reid's comments. They did not pick up on the Clinton campaign. They came back and said. Despite the fact that the Attorney General is mad at Comey, they came back and said, whatever Comey's doing, he's doing with integrity and authenticity. Well, that's a devastating blow to Hillary because it means that Obama is in the process of washing his hands and moving a big step back. And well, remember, no, Obama's also country. implicated in this. I mean, go to WikiLeaks. And again, that, that's a whole other issue because WikiLeaks has shed so much light on everything that's gone on here because it exposes the Moroccan deal. It gives us more insight into the plutonium deal. It gives us insight into the Clinton Foundation. It gives us insight into the access that people had, all of those things. So, uh, you know, all of this matters on a, on a pretty deep level. And, and I think it's going to keep growing over the next three or four days. And I think it becomes, I mean, people have to decide that they want Hillary Clinton enough that they're willing to risk two or three or four years of constant criminal investigations, congressional investigations, the potential of a president who's, who's embattled before she's even sworn in. I mean, this is not going to go away in, you know, December or, or January. It's going to be there hanging overhead. The FBI is just now beginning to look at 650,000 emails. And, and as I said, I, I had no idea gotta, that had five different field officers trying to look into the corruption of the Clinton Foundation. That's all going to come piling on. All right, Mr. Speaker, we'll see you tonight on Hannity. You're going to be with us all week. We're eight days away from Election Day. Thank you, sir. Love having you on, as always. You know, natural disasters such as the recent hurricane. And there you go, folks. And unfortunately, uh, we lost Karen's call. I don't know if she uh, needed to go or if, you know, the phone, her phone died or whatever. But we do, of course, appreciate uh, Karen come on the show. She's welcome to come on again. Uh, so let's go ahead and... With that, and then I've got some uh, some other audio I want to play. Uh, let's get some comments uh, from our roundtable here, uh, starting with you, Cindy, and then uh, we'll bring it back around uh, to Susan and then John and then you, Dr. Colbert, and then Jane, uh, for all who want to uh, make comments on, you know, that conversation with Newt Gingrich and Sean Hannity. Uh, so we'll bring it uh, over to you first, Cindy. Well, like Newt said, this is going to take a long time to investigate. And if she, if we have this hanging over our country, this is going to be so much worse than when Richard Nixon um, won his reelection and then had to go through this because at least he had had four years um, previous to develop his programs, to, you know, get things started with his uh, foreign policy and all of that. And he did all of that without having his hands tied uh, because basically he he would have been a, a, a lame duck even, you know, at the beginning of his presidency, which is what happened in his reelection. He became a lame duck president um, the minute he was uh, elected. So what we would have is Hillary Clinton becoming a lame duck president from the moment she enters the office. Now, given all the things that we need to do to get this country back on track, that would be devastating for us, um, mostly because now Congress can do nothing. Congress can't, can't move um, because it doesn't have any way to um, um, – you know, communicate with the president now, and um, 
so <clears throat> it's it would absolutely be devastating for us to to have her elected. I think it goes right along with what the New World Order people want. They want us to be devastated. They want us to be, they want us to come to a screeching halt, and they want the people's voice to be silenced. And basically this is the way that happens. Um, we absolutely get nothing done, and the people have nothing to say about anything that's going on if we are embroiled in this this legal investigation with all of this going on. So um, to me, it's it, it could actually have been planned this way, and Hillary's taken, you know, they've, put, they've thrown her under the bus, and um, she is going to go down. But you know what? The, the way her they're propping up her health with drugs and everything else they can to prop her up with, um, that, pla- that plastic pasted-on smile she's been wearing in the um, debates I don't think it's an accident. I think she really is kind of starry-eyed and not really functioning very well at all, and it takes that little microphone in her ear to tell her what to say. I don't think she can function on her own, and um, she may be closer to death than we all know, and that may be what they're all hoping for is that either she's really close to death and she's not going to... you know, make it past the election or make it past her four years, um, or mm-hmm. they can. Oh my gosh, uh, you have Tim Kaine in there. Sympathy. Yeah, <sighs> they can play the sympathy thing with you know. Oh, don't you feel sorry for Hillary? Um, and and so become zombie is basically what happens. But anyway, it sure it surely does work out well for the New World Order people um, for us to be embroiled in all of this. It it allows the UN to come in. And give it and put in its two cents worth, and say, look, America's um, America's economy has come to a screeching halt. Politics has come to a screeching halt. Detente has come to a street screeching halt. Um, a diplomacy has come to a screeching halt. Foreign policies come to a screeching halt. So we have to take over and help America out of this trouble. We have to come in and help America. Um, by running it, basically, um, and and that and and I could just see Hillary allowing that, and uh, Congress, who is still run by elitist um, New World Order people, um, they would allow it. So um, we would be in a real disastrous position. If she was elected. Well, what do you think? What, what do you think on that, uh, Susan? I think I <laughs> what Cindy said about Congress can do nothing. This is a do nothing Congress. What did you expect? <laughs> You're yeah, right. I mean, they've pretty right. much given uh, Obama everything he's wanted. Mm-hmm. You hit the nail on the head, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Congress Trey Gowdy was jumping all over Harry Reid and he was like, I agree. I agree. Man, so people. do something so, about it, right? Yeah. What, what? He's done nothing. He's doing nothing. He talks a lot and, well, I'm doing this. But in the meantime, Hillary walks around. Because 
Craig out, he did nothing. He just talked. And I'm yep. sick of him just talking. I want them to do something. At least Julian's right. son is doing Get a grand jury, which I wish Kelly was here. I don't know what's going on. I'm kind of worried about him. Go ahead. Oh, that's all. It was it was good. You know, all, all good. It's going to take time if they do anything. Who knows? I don't even trust anybody anymore. Well, okay, with the exception of you guys. But, you know, politically. Yeah. Right. So, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts, then, John? They're actually doing a lot to destroy America. Because I mean, if I, if you watch C-SPAN, which I kind of like to watch, because I'd rather watch it from the horse's mouth. It's a, basically a theater show on the floor there, because they mm-hmm. aren't going to tell you the real deal. They want to create the facade to make you think that they're doing legitimate business, but they still pass bills. They do a lot to tear us down and to give us away, just like they did with the Internet thing I mentioned earlier, just like with the JASTA S-240 bill that gave the court of jurisdiction over to the ICC and the Hague for these um, 9-11 victims' families who want reparations for their losses. I mean, that's all a smokescreen, a false flag issue, so they can put everything into the hands of the ICC and the UN for corporate global governance it's a it's a tricky scam and I, I just feel you know too many times we fall for the thing of you know hey you get to vote well gee whiz human nature we've been proven since the beginning of our the founding of our country that human nature is that most of the time these people have all these lofty ideas they get into office and then the billionaires or millionaires or whoever's at the top trying to pull strings flash enough money, and they automatically lose all of their principles, values, ethics, and morals. Almost all humans are culpable to this. I mean, if you think about it, if you got into office, then you might be succumbing to a two, three million dollar deal, and then you know, extra four or five million down the road to make oh. sure your kids get to go to college. No. Oh, not me. But that's you. I'm just talking from a general standpoint. Look throughout history. It speaks for itself. Every time we have these people run for office, they talk all these great ideas and stuff, and it seems like every one of them's got skeletons in their closet. That's why they don't hold anybody accountable to nothing. And now it's filtered into so many different institutions of governance that there's so much corruption that we can't even uphold just like when John Eckham said, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly yep. inadequate to the government of any other. And then Benjamin Franklin says, only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. As nations become corrupt and vicious, they have more need of masters. And Samuel Adams says, the sum of all is, if we would most truly enjoy the gift of heaven, let us become a virtuous people, then shall we both deserve and enjoy it. While, on the other hand, if we are universally vicious and debauched in our manners, though the form of our Constitution carries the face of the most exalted freedom, we shall in reality be the most abject slaves. And so none of these people are respecting the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. It's just a a facade to keep you in check. As long as you're mentally focused on upholding the Constitution, they get to do their nefarious crookedness all the time because you think they're trying to be credible people and they're not. Back to you, Robert. Yeah, I 
while we're talking about um, quotations, um, Ayn Rand said, when the, when the law no longer protects you from the corrupt, but protects the corrupt from you, you know your nation is doomed. So let's go ahead and bring it back to uh, Dr. Colbert, and then I'm going to play an audio clip uh, that I have I here comment, from yeah. the Watch the Vote USA. Yeah, this actually, is it's from open letter to DonaldTrump.com. Go ahead. Yeah, this is the third time you brought it back to me, but the first time I'm going to be able to speak. So let me take it from there, and hopefully somebody will <laughs> let me finish the conversation. The whole point of what's happening next after the election is that 18% of the four Indians are senior citizens, of which over 2,000 are committed and overseen and controlled by the Florida government. Sally Baptist is currently working with Miriam, who is a 100-year-old lady, and Miriam has denied, been denied her rights to vote, and Sally has now reappeared under articles against a judge who has violated the U.S. Constitution by taking charge and overseeing and violating the 15th and the 24th Amendment. I ask that everybody tonight no longer look at the election, although I have a master's in theology and a doctorate degree and retired military. My next mission, starting next Wednesday, is to support Sally Baptist, and I ask that everybody call her and work with Sally in getting the voting rights reestablished for our senior citizens. Sally's telephone number is 407-761-91, and that's a shame. She didn't have her whole number there, six. Uh, but you can go to my website, www.calltoduty.org, and see the articles that Sally has written and the new articles that were just posted on her uh, website and on my website, Concerning the violation of voters By the way, her number is 407-761-9016 That's Sally Baptist And I need everybody that listens to this in archive To get a hold of Sally The right to vote belongs to all Americans And anyone that thinks our senior citizens In the state of Florida or any other state should be violated Then don't call Sally she is probably the most important person today in politics as a non-politician, and that's her protection of our senior citizens. So although I'm a write-in candidate for the United States Senate Florida, this ends on Tuesday. What begins is helping our senior citizens. Thank you, Robert. All right. Well, I apologize about those uh, last times. I guess people were jumping in. Is that what happened? Yes, sir. Every time you said for me to speak, someone else came in and spoke, and then you went to something else. Well, I, I deeply apologize for that, sir. I you know, apologize for that. I like to try to give people their uh, their equal time, and that's something we'll need to work on some more controls on that. And yeah. so let's go ahead, and I apologize, sir. Uh, I so apologize, too, if I minutes. broke in. And unfortunately, happens. I try not to. I try not to let that happen, but. Okay, so what I'm going to do now is I, I am going to set up this audio. I hope it's a good one because it's kind of a an impromptu thing. And so I want to play this audio. It's, it's the short uh, the short version uh, that can be found on openletter to donaldtrump.com. 
there's actually a full 35 or, you know, about 35 minute version. Fortunately, we do not have that. That would literally take up the rest of the, uh, the show, but there's like a three minute version uh, on that. And this is going to be in part what our guest tonight, uh, I think it older Kelly. Uh, we don't know exactly quite what happened with, uh, Jim. I hope he's okay. I know he's got a lot of, you know, he is working on a lot of things, and I hope he's not getting uh, the same kind of death threats that Kelly's been getting uh, with the Watch the Vote uh, efforts that they've been doing. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've got some texts out to him, but unfortunately I haven't, I haven't heard from him. Uh, he, he's not the easiest guy to get a hold of, uh, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to, uh, hopefully he's okay. But let's go ahead and uh, get this audio going for us, and then, uh, you know, we'll continue on the show from there. And again, as usual, I'll have the mics open, so if you need to mute your mics, go ahead and do so. If Mr. Trump gets these 40 seconds to his rallies and speeches, he may stop the computer reading. If Mr. Trump has these 40 seconds to his rallies and speeches, he may stop the computer reading that's meant for him and save his election presidency. The election computer rigging is done by the three mysterious mega election vendors, ES&S, Heart, and Dominion, that count around 95% of the American vote on secret software. These three companies are protected from public awareness by the five big TV networks, the same ones that are putting out all those phony lying polls that Dud Hillary is winning everywhere, contradicting all evidence we can verify. In the final debate, Mr. Trump must bring up the dangers of computer rigging elections. Just saying the words computer rigging before 80 million plus people may stop the election night gatekeepers from daring to computer steal this presidential election. So here's the, here's the uh, uh, 40 seconds to victory with Mr. Trump must do if he wants to ensure that he is not computer frauded in this election. In every speech, you must tell the public, and I'm going to do like quote like, I'm, like you're talking, quote, folks, I'm worried about the November election being computer rigged against me, computer rigged against me. You know, where they take your Trump votes and switch them to Hillary votes inside the computer. We can't accept this type of black box voting anymore. Our country's entire future is at stake. Then you would hold up a DVD of hacking democracy before your crowd. Hacking democracy is the HBO documentary that explains what, how the computer rigging is happening and how it works. So then while you're holding up the DVD of hacking democracy, you would then continue. Everybody watch the HBO documentary, Hacking Democracy. The HBO documentary, Hacking Democracy, and also Google Election Night Gatekeeper, electionnightgatekeepers.com. We can't let them steal this presidential election from us, folks, end quote. Computer vote rigging is the only issue left in the 2016 presidential campaign. Trump wins in a landslide in all 50 states with an honest count. See 40 Seconds to Victory for Trump, full version, on YouTube and near the top of electionnightgatekeepers.com and open letter to donaldtrump.com. For vital information as to why Trump must make computer vote rigging the central issue in the last days of the 2016 campaign. And that folks, is just some music afterwards. 
Uh, but, yes, you can find the full version, uh, which is about 35 minutes, as I stated, at www. I don't even know if you have to do that. I just have an open letter to DonaldTrump.com. Uh, so anyone out there is able to get uh, any information on Donald Trump, well, we've been really working hard to try to do that. I mean, you had been mentioning, you know, uh, voter fraud. You even had Fox News talking about it, having a little bit of reports there. Uh, but, but, yes, with these adding days, even with all this stuff going out against Hillary Clinton, which may make the stealing the vote less likely, uh, we may still very well uh, see the attempts. And if I could get Jim on the show uh, prior to the election, uh, maybe on uh, Monday night perhaps, I may do a special edition, or maybe even earlier, may even be uh, Sunday evening. I know he's going to be on another radio show from uh, 5 uh, p.m. to 8 p.m. He'll be on, and then that's going to be – well, I'm going to have to confirm that. I, w- I wish I could, but if uh, he does, uh, that will be on uh, smithradio.com, www.smithradio.com. I believe that's what it is. I'll, I'll confirm that later. Uh, but that's S M Y T H, and so let, let me go ahead and do that uh, while we're here, uh, so you can hear Jim uh, talking about this subject uh, on there. It said I don't confirm they'll definitely be doing it, uh, but you know definitely try to check that out. And yes, that is www.smithradio.com, and that's M S M Y T H Radio dot com, and that will be the Sunday from 5 p.m. till 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so, you know, check that out uh, to see if he's, he's on the show. And, and if he is able to do, maybe we could do an impromptu show uh, Sunday night. I know he's going to be busy. He's also going to be doing his own show locally uh, on 55KRC, where he'll be doing an hour show from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern time. He's going to have a very busy schedule. I wish I knew what happened tonight. I hope, wish he, that he's okay. Uh, but we may be. So we'll watch out for it, folks, uh, on Facebook. Uh, that, you know, especially if you're a Facebook user and Twitter, uh, that I may do a special edition on Sunday evening. Uh, that will be, if, if I do it, uh, that will be on the regular time at 10 p.m. Eastern time. So look for that. We may be, we may be doing a special edition. Uh, that night. And so let's go ahead and, and, and bring the floor open about that. See how much you've heard about it. Dr. Colbert, uh, you know, you are running, you're in the you know political arena. How much of this electronic voter fraud uh, and electronic election fraud uh, have you heard of or aware of? Well, you know, we go back to the fact, you know, Robert, that when I ran for governor, you know, Fox News had me at 14 percent. Uh, Florida, um, election had a um, conference where the Democrats and Republicans governor candidates were going to have a conference in Cold Springs. They had it at 8%. They found out that the Libertarian Party had 9%. So so they they changed the numbers. And then they found out I had 14%. So they changed it to 15. Fox News reporter got fired you know, when he reported I had 14%, Governor Scott and uh, Chris had a meeting two hours prior to the end of election 
Scott was behind by two points plus one because he had to win. I had 60,000 signed petitions. I had one million followers. I went through 2,200 different meetings. I met over a million people. I ended up with 82 votes. Now, if that doesn't tell you that that's voter fraud, Florida pulls 50% where the other state's average was 36. Florida was the only state that pulled 40, uh, 50% of their voters, so 36 and 14 Fifty percent coincidence. Drop back three and wins. Coincidence. Sawyer in charge of your uh, your computers and your data and your voting machines. Coincidence. There's absolutely voter fraud in America. It is controlled and ran by the Bush family. It's controlled by Romney and Sawyer. It's all tied together to the international Illuminati's. People don't know about it. We've written articles on it. It's an absolute fact. Elections are not won by the voters in America. They're won by the G3 in Europe that are part of the Illuminati's. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Susan. I think it was either Gene or I, Susan's line that we dropped. And then we'll bring uh, uh, you and Sue, John. Go ahead. Uh, let me just real quick say something. I don't really want time to talk. I just want to say... I had put a um, a, um, a post that is um, the link to an article about a test that is on is on video of a local some local polling place that the 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 polling supervisor decided to test the machines himself. They decided, they decided to just randomly pick out one of their machines from the shelf um, in this county and pick it out and just put it down and test it and see what it, what it did. And that machine completely flipped around um, votes inside of it. And, and the reason it did that was because the guy had hired somebody to make a card that he could insert into the voter machine, and that card would have the program for flipping the vote. Um, and, it, and it worked. The guy made the card. It was very simple, and it worked. So what he's basically saying is that any of our voter machines can be played around with just by switching the card. Now, the, pro- the question is, are those cards all already in place in the voter machines all over this country, is it too late to reject those cards and get other cards? It may not have. It may be a moot point. There may be nothing we can do about <clears throat> counting fraud at this point, except um, do a, 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 a if Trump files a lawsuit afterwards uh, for voter fraud uh, for counting fraud. That may be all we have available. Yeah, we know of five people already that have reported every time they voted for Trump, it went to Hillary Clinton. And they asked to be put on another computer, and the people at the election place would not allow them to go to another voting machine. So there are multiple articles showing not only in Florida, but in Ohio and other states that these machines are actively changing the votes. Yeah. 
yeah, it's it's um it's sickening and it's scary, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. You know, because somebody was just saying a little while ago, we need to get the word out um, that this can happen because maybe if the word gets out that it can happen, maybe they will stop it from happening. They will they will they will uh, change the computers and make them do what they're supposed to do because they don't want to be caught in the in the act afterwards. But mm-hmm. I'm not sure early. I think it may be too late for them to change anything. I think the fix is in because those cards are already at the polling places because people are already pulling the lever all over the place uh, in early voting. You know, and that was Susan's uh, that unfortunately dropped. And uh, she sent uh, me an article I'm going to read real quick. And this is from the TeaParty.org. Oh, Robert, this... Robert, before you do that, I wanted to just say Karen shows phone died. That's the reason she got off. And she said to tell you all, thank you so much for having her on. And um, she wishes you all the best. Go vote for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Johnson, thank you for coming on. Uh, uh, I appreciate it. Of course, she's always welcome. And this one, uh, it's an article, TeaParty.org, uh, and the name of the article uh, has NBC caught preparing Hillary victory results election, and then there's the numbers after it, 196414. Um, okay, and there's dashes in between each word of NBC caught preparing Hillary Victory results, uh, election, and then a dash, and then 196414 backslash. Um, but you can find that, I guess, on tparty.org. And since she cannot uh, speak because she's not with us, and I'll read this article real quick that she gave us. It said, now this is from InfoWars. Pre-election results conditioning public to accept rigged Hillary victory. An NBC station was caught posting election results showing a Hillary Clinton victory days before the election. Fueling concerns, again, this article is today at 7 and 11 p.m., uh, fueling concerns that the mainstream media is conditioning the public to accept a rigged election favoring Hillary. Political activists discovered a hidden website for WRCB out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, showing election results with Hillary securing 343 electoral votes and a 42% of the popular vote. The website originated from the STP server of World Now, a media software company that provides real-time data such as election results and other media assets to local news stations. Uh, the activists who found the page pointed out that results align well with the fractional vote method used by voting machines to bring elections to a predetermined outcome. On election day, you will see the same percentages overall, with only known numbers that claim to equal them differently, the activists reported. Uh, the difference in total votes shown on the station pages with the same overall final percentages proves the election set is automated to hit desired percentages. No one has to lift a finger during the election itself to accomplish the steal. Election fraud expert Bev Harris was the first to uncover this, me- uncover this message which is known as vote shaving. 
You need to have votes counted as fractions, Harris said on the Alex Jones Show Monday. You need the votes to uh, be counted with decimal places like you count money. If a vote is a dollar, you'll also need to have cents with it. Uh, It will not show it's hidden. Vote shaving works by treating votes as decimals rather than whole numbers, which allows the machines to allocate the remaining fractional percentages elsewhere to sway election outcomes. There's this one central computer which, at the end of the day, all the votes come to it, Harris pointed out. That's where you take it. You don't run around to 5,000 different precincts. You wait until the votes come to you, and then you have your way with them. And interestingly, it appears the majority of local news stations get their election results from the same software company. And see, and this is something that Jim's talking about, and uh, if you listen to our previous show, he also talks about how the attorney generals of each state of, of each state uh, have signed that they will not look at the software that these companies have. What does that tell you? Skeptics suggest that uh, World Now page was part of a code test to ensure the software would post the actual results. But surprisingly, the data on the page was typed in with no apparent code tabulating anything. Uh, as it's revealing that more that more often than not, when the mainstream media tests election results software, it shows the establishment candidate winning the election. At the very least, the results page shows obvious media bias towards Hillary as it follows a pattern by the mainstream media to claim Hillary has already won the election weeks before November 8th in attempts to suppress voter enthusiasm for Trump, which is one of his major advantages. The discovery comes amid Project Veritas's damning video exposing Democrat operatives discussing how they'll be rigging elections for the last 50 years as well as WikiLeaks' relentless data dumping of John Podesta's email revealing more collusion and corruption between the Clinton campaign and mainstream media. Uh, WRC could not be immediately reached for comment. And uh, it gives the infamous pull from that. So thank you very much, Susan, for sending me that. Uh, If you did not get the link, uh, that's okay because you can now uh, find the link on the Bard's Logic Political Talk page uh, on Facebook. And, and while you're there uh, listening uh, to the show and also uh, looking at these articles, uh, you know, take a little time and I would appreciate uh, like if you like the page, uh, just uh, so I can see that uh, folks are. Uh, now, why is this not pasting? There we go. There we go. So, again, you can find that on the my the page on Facebook. And just if you don't have it, just put in the search engine, Bard's Logic Political Talk. And so you will be able to find the link to the article uh, we just read there. Uh, so definitely uh, check that out. So it looks like we only have about 10 minutes, not even that, uh, before I have to close things out for the night. Uh, and so what we'll do is um, – Let's see if I got uh, maybe a short audio we can play, or perhaps we need to do some uh, last minutes. So, yeah, let's go ahead and take the, uh, each person get about two minutes here to do their uh, last two minutes of commentary for the night, or closing statements, as we call them. And we will start with you, John, and then we'll go to Eugene, and then not Eugene, but Gene. A little, a little, <laughs> throw a little humor in there, John, too. 
Uh, uh, but then bringing it over to you, Dr. Tolbert, and then Cindy, and then I'll have to close things out uh, for the night. And so let's go ahead and bring it over to you, John. Yeah. Um, Each got definitely, got time. Yeah, definitely we missed Jim Condit and Kelly Mordecai on this issue because there's multiple vulnerable areas from what I can understand, and I'm definitely pretty much an idiot when it comes to this aspect. But I mean, not only do the machines at the polling place have a vulnerability, but once they do take the cards back to the, um, you know, the county board of elections group, they supposedly plug them into a tally computer there, and that's where the real discrepancy manipulation happens, from what I understand. But you'll have to get Jim and Kelly to discuss the details. That really does matter. Now, one other thing I would really like to know is all of the people out there campaigning, you know, you got Barack Obama campaigning for Hillary, you got Michelle Obama, you know, campaigning, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Bill Clinton, you got Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, they're all out there, Tim Kaine. Are they able to jump in and grab our U.S. Treasury tax dollars and go out and campaign against us? And you and I don't get to go use the Treasury to go out and campaign our positions? Because Trump. Yep, you're right. Trump and all of those people on his group are probably, you know, paying the ticket through the Trump campaign. And if um, Jeff Sessions and some of these other congressmen that might be on Trump's team are using the Treasury, that's just as wrong, too. And I'm like going, hey, we need to figure this stuff out because I think they're actually, it's just like all these other subsidy programs and whatnot, Obama phones and different whatnot. It's just a way for them to siphon the U.S. Treasury to the Democrats in order to keep the money out of the hands of the Republicans and the third parties so they have more money to support their campaigns because it's just a ridiculous cycle. That's another scam that we need to get a a grip on. So there you have it for the evening. Back to you, Robert. Well, thank you very much, John. Of course, we always uh, appreciate uh, your commentary, and I do uh, appreciate uh, you uh, giving out uh, the call number and, and things of that nature, and as well as, you know, you know send the link over to your friends on uh, Facebook or Twitter, or you can email them the link. And, and one way to do that, uh, which I, I try to make it easy for folks, is go to the Bards Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Go to the contact page. And I have the description of tonight's show as well as the title and the link uh, that you could just copy and paste it into the body of an email uh, so you could send it out to, uh, you know, your, your people on your list. As well as you could also tweet out the show uh, by the home page where you get a little tweet button uh, that you can, you know, make a little additions or, or subtractions to if you like. But just make sure you got the link and the title of the, uh, you know, the show in there uh, so you could tweet it out to folks. Uh, so that's ways to, to share the the show again, to share the podcast. And also remind folks that they can also download on their mobile devices uh, free uh, the podcast through iTunes. Uh, you could just go to iTunes and search Bard's Logic Political Talk. Or you could go to the Bard's Logic Facebook page uh, where, you know, scrolling down, you will eventually find uh, a link to the uh, podcast there on iTunes. And so let's go ahead and bring it over to Eugene for a couple minutes uh, of your closing thoughts, and we'll move from there. Go ahead. Uh, it's been interesting, this uh, program with that uh, TV station or whatever it is. And I wonder, 
if it goes the way that the media is doing it, they're so fertile, Hillary's going to win anyway. And, you know, the election day comes around and they're going to show that Hillary run by the 300-some. How do we really know if Hillary run or if they just kind of put their program together to make it look like Hillary run to, to get us to buy into it? How, who do we call? Who do we chat with? And then uh, Hillary does get in, in the office and there has Bill willing to be willing to help out. And then the vice president, if uh, Hillary has trouble with her health or something or you know, whatever. That's all I yeah, have. I thought, uh, there, yeah, I thought I, I seen something on Twitter, and I should have wrote it down, but uh, I was at work when I seen it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so there was maybe a, perhaps I, I seen it on, or maybe it was Facebook, uh, that I seen where you can, you know, like call some kind of Trump hotline if, if you see something. There's also an app I think that you, you would be able to uh, to do. The, the reason why I didn't post it is, you know, I didn't have the ad- adequate time to uh, vent, you know, vet, yeah, vet it to make sure that you know it was something that was authentic. Because uh, I certainly wouldn't want to post something that and end up bringing people to uh, something that's going to give them a virus or something that's going to be counterproductive for what the uh, the link is, is trying to say that you know its purpose is. Because you know, unfortunately, you know. Some people do uh, do that. And so and then they, I think it's appreciate. Yeah, uh, they presented on NBC today. It sounds like uh, Trump would have to live Florida to have a chance, and then they said he has to take one of those blue states or whatever. So they put pretty slim odds on him even uh, getting enough votes to even win the election. So they have it kind of all set out for him to show that Hillary won the election. Oh, yeah, they're still trying to do that. And, and Jim said, look, you know, he pretty much thinks that it's going to be a landslide unless they, they rig it. Uh, but hopefully let's get it, uh, you know, get it out enough uh, to where they, they, they pull back from it. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring it over to Dr. Tolbert and then Cindy, and then unfortunately I'll have to close things out. Again, as I said, it's probably another one of those shows we could have fit another hour or two in. Uh, but uh, be that as it may, this is what we got. Right. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring it over uh, to Dr. Tolbert. Yeah, and I'd like to, you know, just go back and say as a write-in candidate that doesn't believe in making or taking donations because of the First Amendment, we do have Donald Trump following us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. We do post on his website, and the show tonight, which is archived, will be copied and pasted and sent out to Donald Trump. We also have five email addresses for five different people that are his uh, writers. And we also send this out to them. So everyone who is supporting him or making comments about the fraudulent actions will be reset and repeated, even though you may not get credit for it in the next two days, you will hear some of your conversation being spoken. So we've seen that happen on immigration. We've seen it happen on bringing jobs home or marijuana, or any other subject that we have written. So uh, just know this is going to be the same. And thank you for allowing me to speak tonight, Robert. Oh, anytime. You're always welcome. Uh, and, again, apologize for earlier. And then, yeah, definitely, I don't care. You know, that's why I call it Bard's Logic instead of have the show named after myself. Uh, I don't care. You know, I don't care about the credit. I just want it to be out there so we don't get Hillary Clinton. Uh, so let's go ahead. you got the, the last uh, couple minutes. 
uh, there, Cindy, and then, you know, I'll have to close things out and, and watch for, you know, me to send an email out or something on Facebook if we do a special edition on Sunday, uh, which, you know, is definitely something I'm, I'm considering going, especially if we could get uh, Jim on and, and have this discussion more because, as he pointed out on the uh, open letter at DonaldTrump.com, that this very well may be uh, with the voter uh, election fraud. Uh, the most important topic. Go ahead, Cindy. Unfortunately, I think well, I only got I a just, minute for you. <laughs> I just want to close. I just want to close with a warning. I hope that people will not become complacent because they are talking around their county and they hear everybody saying that they're voting for Trump, and very few people are saying they're voting for Hillary, and so they think they have it in the bag, and they think it's all sewn up for Trump. I, I, Mm-mm. I. Just warn people, please do not think that on election day when you get up and you haven't voted yet, uh, early voting or, or mail by mail vote or somehow, don't think, you know, well, i got so much to do today and Trump's going to win anyway, so I better not go. Um, or no, go and bring a friend. Forget. Well, yeah, and because you're not, um, you know, you should wake up with butterflies in your stomach on that day because that's the oh, day I that our I nation will find out if it's going to be a free nation or if we're going to be in a revolution or if we are just made nothing but slaves. Those are the things that can happen on that day. None of those things sounds good to me except Donald Trump winning this election. And even then, we better keep praying that he can work with Congress and force them to do what needs to be done because we know this Congress. We've seen the, how they operate, and they have not done such a great job, and we ho- we don't know whether they're going to cooperate with Trump's agenda. Now, you would think that this is going to be, a, you know, if he wins, that's a mandate from the people, right? Well, you have seen over and over that they ignore the mandate from the people. So yeah. this is not in the bag, and we need to keep praying and wake up on Tuesday morning with the feeling that this is it, and don't forget to go out and vote. Thank you very much, Cindy. I appreciate it. And, yeah, definitely. And, and also, as, as I said, uh, share out for tonight's show. Uh, we've had some great material, great people uh, talking on. I really appreciate it from everyone. Uh, and so hopefully, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm – feeling pretty much that I will be doing a special edition probably Sunday night, even if we can't get Jim on, uh, just to, you know, talk more about this because it is so important. Uh, so, but I am going to go ahead and then tonight, as I do every night, and that is what the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So I want to thank everyone again. Take care. Uh, we will see you next time, uh, hopefully before the election. And I, I think we will because uh, we do have uh, some time before then. So take care, everyone. See you then. And go vote, as you said, Cindy. Good night. Good night. Mm-hmm.